0: Hello, I'm Nicholas Jackson. I'm Luke Roberts. And I'm Adam Thorne. And welcome to episode 8 of the Rand Nerds Podcast. The Incredibly Negative Nerds Podcast. The <laughs> <I mean>, Incredibly <laughs> Negative Nerds. We've been criticised as being too negative. So it's all going to be jolly this episode. I've ordered it. Woohoo! We've ordered it. We'll talk about things we like for a change. Yeah. Okay, games we've been playing. If I'll head this one off if no one minds. I decided to do something a little bit old-fashioned, so I managed to track down and get very cheap on Steam. Part of the Christmas sale, actually, to be fair. So I've had it on there about a month and a half. System Shock 2. I absolutely loved it. Well oh, I'm loving it. It's an old favourite of mine. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's very, It's based on the Dark Engine, which is the same as the Thief series. So it's very... You can tell that it's based on the same engine, just like the animation of the characters, the way they behave when they detect things. There are a few issues, like some of the voice acting, the bad guy, Xerxes, is the same voice actor who then does the Hammerites, but he doesn't change his voice or anything so as it was all the time throughout the ship you hear this evil Kaputa Xerxes and all I can think of is a hammerite who's basically gone slightly genomic Stephen
1: Russell's characters in it are really good though <laughs> he voices those rather well have you come across him yet in the game I uh, don't think I have no he comes across in audio logs I think there's a, there's a specific character that he plays that you will find audio logs for and he plays him really well
0: Stephen Russell's always a good voice actor yeah. he's probably one of the best voice actors out there and, oh, a old, s- and a very old school to I'm upset
1: he's not in V4 yeah. but that's probably a good thing because so I don't like V4 but we'll get to that well, that's coming up later <laughs> on negativity man come on but yeah. uh, I like, like Stephen Russell <laughs> just not V4
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, that's coming up in the later section stuff we're not looking forward to who? <laughs> so, we have a stuff we're not looking forward to section we do now <laughs> wow. on this new positive podcast we have a stuff we're not looking forward we to section. have a section we have another section yes yeah, so I wanted to play it because because I've played Bar Shock and Bar shock Two and Bar shock Infinite, enjoyed Bar shock enjoyed Bar shock Infinite, didn't enjoy Bar shock Two, and everybody anyway, sort of said it. Oh, all, you know, it's sort of very cleverly. You can see it's a System Shock-style game. I always think to myself, "Well, is it really?" all you sort of exaggerating, but actually having played System Shock, yeah, you can see how Bar shock is very much derived from it, and also. That there's more in System Shock. I mean, yeah. there's a lot more to
1: do. There's a lot more to find. Yeah, is a, Bioshock a just game? kind of more of a? It's a dumbed-down System yeah, Shock. Yeah, it's a really. modern, it's a modern gamer's take on. Mm. Whereas System Shock is more like an RPG in a way yeah. it plays. Like, and your item when you pick up items and stuff, and have to keep check your ammo and everything. It plays more like a kind of strategy RPG-ish yeah. first-person shooter, like more like Deus Ex than it does like
0: Bioshock. Yeah. You can tell, it's back in the days when games weren't scared to be complicated. Yeah. They weren't scared to be all they had. Now they have all that be streamlined and easy to basically. Everyone has
2: to be able to win.
0: Yeah. And easy to use on a control pad. I think that's the irony. It's got to be easy to use a control pad because something interface a system shock would be a pain in the ass to use a control pad. To give you an example, if you've not played the game, you have to, you can switch between like a combat mode and like a inventory mode. But the inventory mode is sort of done it's not like a separate screen that comes up it's actually done in the game it's similar to diablo isn't it if if you've played diablo not played
1: diablo or any of those other sort of role-playing games on the pc from the late 90s where you had an inventory system that was very similar to that i believe it has been done on console with resident evil 4 which did it fairly well but it still doesn't work as well as it did in say system shop
0: uh you do need a mouse to use it properly (laughs) I mean, still, feels like you had to sort of drag and drop things to make them work, it's, it does near mouse properly. And Palmy can see actually why they simplified it, because although it's complicated, you have to ask yourself how much does it actually add to the game? Although it adds some parts, there's certain parts which it doesn't really need. Yeah. So um, I'm not going against simplification for. If it actually, you're making For streamlining
1: purposes.
0: There's simplification to make something better, and there's simplification just to take bits out because yeah. you don't worry that people aren't going to play it, which what a lot of more modern games do this is what Invisible Wall made the mistake of between Invisible and Deus Ex. They streamlined it so much, it basically wasn't Deus Ex anymore. It wasn't though. No, and that's where they lost it, but in my general opinion, and I think that's why most people hated
1: it. I think most people would share that opinion. I mean, I'm not even really a big fan of Deus Ex, but Everybody I know who
0: loves Deus Ex hates Invisible War. And... Interestingly, I don't actually hate Invisible War. It's not a very good game. It's if it was if you looked at it two ways, you looked at it as a game, it isn't Or a Deus game. Well, let's see. Looks it as a well, what yeah, that's what I mean. You've got a choice. Deus Ex game, it isn't a Deus Ex yeah. game. Looks a game, it's okay. It's not terrible. It's terrible because it's a Deus Ex game, but if it wasn't a Deus Ex game, it's just, like, you know, just a, something in a similar world that wasn't called Deus Ex, just called Invisible War. Yeah. It would probably have got more favourable mentions from people who played it because it wouldn't have that stigma attached to it. The demo convinced me to buy it. Purely because I found when I
1: killed all the guards in the building, I could stuff their bodies into the dumpster and watch them all flail around
0: due to yeah. a ragdolling effects, which probably uh, is not the best reason to buy a game. Oh, but it the did old amuse ragdoll effects—you don't get that so much nowadays. So there, there was a space sort of two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Every game had these ridiculous oh, yeah. ragdoll effects. And they just, anyway, so, Rainbow Six Ravenshield had ragdoll effects. That was ridiculous. The pose you're terrorists, you think, for this realistic military shooter, they didn't pose, which is physically at, at, anatomically impossible. It's like, I only shot you, and somehow you managed to twist yourself round like a bar pole or something. How <laughs> have you managed that? All
2: of a sudden, somehow the game glitches, and Norv's on the character's body stretches, and the their legs are on a the balcony, they're like, the body, yeah. the head are touched on the floor. Yeah. Or they launch up into space or something, just randomly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, the, the grenade's always fun. Two Rankings words, like
2: six. minority report. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Actually, <laughs> the, the, the clown we had yeah. with ragdoll
0: physics. <laughs> oh, I love ragdoll physics. And then they made it too realistic. Oh. The other thing I know, what you forget when you played a lot of modern games, to when you play back the older <laughs> games, is there's no, there's no. They have less of a learning curve. Most modern games you play, the first enemy you meet, you know, unless you actually just stand and do nothing, they're gonna they're not gonna kill you in a hurry. No. You can sort of, and you can kill them instantly. I like games that challenge me like
1: that though. I think that's why I have retro sensibilities, because I like it when I go into a game and it's difficult to begin with. I don't yeah. like being thrown in and having my hand held and told what to do.
0: There's a fine balance between so difficult you'll really struggle to get through, and then there's and then there's difficult. Enough, that's a challenge yeah. but not too challenging. And that's the same assistant shot too. The first monster you meet, if you don't if you try and take on like a group of them initially, you will lose. It is really hard to fight a group of them. To the point where actually I got really paranoid about actually saying them off and attacking and Which is with. kind of what the game is about,
1: really. It builds tension because of the fact that you aren't a physical powerhouse. You, no. you do have to be wary of what you're fighting and where you're going.
0: Yeah, you're not a super soldier. No. You're not, again, nothing that all that long game tend going to do. You tend to become this real badass dude. But no, you weren't. This You can tell this actually made by some people made Thief because yeah. Gat wasn't a super soldier. He was just a normal again, guy. Again, yeah, Thief encouraged you to avoid confrontation if you could. Yeah actually actually, what it did was display the confrontation realistically yeah. if you are a swordsman and you do go on against two people who are better trained than you you will lose Yeah, and that is that mimics real life unless you are a superior swordsman that's what's going to happen not in modern games it's like oh yeah you're just this badass you know this guy who's never held a sword in his life your main character oh no he's fine he's great with him
2: I don't know why, but just for some reason I had this vision. Modern gaming, and then there's, like, I don't know, three knights. One guy's trying to take on the other two, and all of a sudden the one that's that's about to get his ass kicked somehow calls down this, like, I don't know, space laser. I don't know, I just had this, like, cross between gears of war Um, and then, like, chivalry, medieval warfare. I was like, what the fuck? That's just what would happen in a moment.
0: You know what makes me think of, actually, uh, modern gaming is uh, I think this is a, a phenomenon that's described in Discworld where... Sam Vimes goes to a palace and he ta- and he basically sees the guards and he comes alone and he says, i sort of. You'll let me through." And the guards think to themselves, "Well, if he's by himself and we're a large group of us, he'll probably win, because that's how that's that could <laughs> work. by sort sword, of literacy. Oh yeah, because um,
2: they say that he's he's a, he'll he'll do something crazy like pull a sword off the sword off the wall and uh, you
1: yeah. know rush us and that. But there's, there's not even a sword yeah. of the wall. I mean, yeah, but that will has cornered." Uh, movies as much as it does games doesn't it yeah well I think it was it was also mocking movies yeah.
0: first before mock mocked games but yeah, yeah. because but, um, that it was will mock that was guards guards, guards wasn't yeah. it
2: when uh, Lupin takes over the palace I think yeah and they he takes over the, the palace guards and they try and take Vimes's badge from him or something Yeah. Like didn't Le-
0: Pratchett famously say talking about games and Terry Pratchett didn't he famously say at one point that video game would be dead from like five years when they released the first Discworld game I don't know. I think, he, he? I think there was an interview with PC Gamer, and he said that in uh, 1993, when the first Discord game came out, he's like the first issue. I can't resist the whole negativity here,
1: but I'd like to say I kind of agree with him.
0: <laughs> it game almost is is To be fair, this was 21 years ago, so yeah. Yeah, five years. Yeah, he says to me dead in five years, and well, to me, it is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's,
1: it's, it's all right. So he was a little bit wrong with his timing, but. It's dying. I think it will rise from the ashes, so to speak. Though I think one's once... going to pull a phoenix. Up I there, I it? think yeah.
0: the indie developer is going to save us here because the indie developers who we have now, are the ones who grew I up on the older style halfway games. Halfway, you're correct, but there's a
1: lot of indie trash out there as well. Oh yeah, that's... and sadly, a lot of the the trash is the stuff that people latch onto I mean again to mention as we did last week Gone Home became really popular really quickly and yet there's other indie games that are fantastic that just seem to get brushed aside which is a shame
0: it's, I actually give Gone Home as an example of why indie games are so in some ways best than because something games. that wouldn't normally be made no no, be... EA would not have made Gone Home they were not because they just wouldn't think the market would be there for it and IndieBerv yeah. did and Wherever you think of it, if you think it's been over it has been overhyped, yes, true. But I still think I still enjoyed it. You know, I played it, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was an interesting experience. That wouldn't happen with a big you name know, developer. That's why it's 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 well, a great big, big old publisher. You mean? Cause, yeah. yeah.
2: And I've I've heard a lot of stories. of you know the indie developer going to the big publisher and saying, "Look, here's our game. We've been working on it for you know several years. Here's how it works. This is what it does. This is what we think it's going to do for you." And then the guys like. But we don't know if we can sell it. That's a risk. Yeah. It's a brilliant idea, and we really yeah. like it. But I we don't know if
1: we can sell when it. When you discuss gaming in these regards, you have to separate the Western industry and Japanese industry mm. because they're two very, very different things. I still like. I'm still very positive about Japanese games because of people like Kamitani and Kamiya, Platinum Games, VanillaWare. Maybe not so much on the Capcom front, but there's other companies out there that do still make really good games. So maybe maybe I should talk more about Japanese games, and it could be more positive. Yay. <laughs> but it's a, wise, I mean, I'm actually a great fan of Japanese yeah. games. See, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Western games. Just most of the Western games I really love come from the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah. and and sort of before that even. We kind of went soft and lost uh I think we did because to me the western games are always better on PC I love old PC western games yeah. like, like System Shock 2 well, a lot I of mean, the guys yeah. from
2: Cambridge University said that we lost our kind of programming heritage as well so we kind of shipped everything out overseas so we didn't really develop many no. games we didn't push no. the industry no. forwards yeah. any oh, yeah.
0: I'd also like to put forward another I believe saver of modern gaming that's out there and that's the games coming from places like Russia yeah. Yeah. Look at Metro twenty thirty three, look at Stalker. And Stalker's a very ninety style game. game. Very good game. And take Poland into account C D
1: project, very, very good company with their Witcher games. actually can I just,
0: just flip this, this on it its
2: head a bit? Postal three came from Russia and it wasn't finished.
0: Okay, but every country's got everybody has a bad moment. But Metro I love Metro twenty thirty three. I just added I
2: actually love Postal Three. Oh, <laughs> well, <fair enough. laughs>
0: it may be broken to hell, but I love it. I mean that's that's an example of uh, a being still quite complicated. You now that one you had to really think about, it, and that was a bloody hard game yeah. right from an early stage. Have, they, have you played back for twenty three three? Yes. I have seen someone else play yeah, it. A friend of mine played so it.
1: Or I
2: have played cheap. it cheap at times.
0: But yeah. I have played Stalker. Stalker. So, did you ever get to? If you played, did you ever get to meet the Liberian? yeah I can't pronounce words that I do you get to that bit?
2: I can't remember now, off the
0: top of my head. That was it, ter- it was a long time ago. I tell it's one of the most terrifying monsters in the game. But what makes it terrifying is the fact that it doesn't attack you straight away. You basically, it's basically your time. I've seen this. Yeah. You have to keep eye contact with it at all times and keep your distance. So basically, you have to. If you see, if it sees you, you all just look at you, and slowly walk at you, very slowly, very but deliberately walk straight towards you. As long as you keep eye contact, it will not run at you, won't do anything to you. That's pretty cool. I like okay. that. Okay. When it gets close to you, that's when it will attack you and it will kill you in like two hits. Very hot. But of course you have to keep looking at it. You can't see. If you're trying to sort of walk through a room, you can't just see where you're going. You've just got to hope. So you have to say this moment, like, okay, it's quite far away. If I quickly glance over my shoulder. Oh, no, it's clear. Yeah, I can go. Risk reward. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you what that, that was a really, for a monster it doesn't really actually attack you it's really terrifying particularly as it's actually really tough as well actually at one point I actually believed that it was impossible to kill them I thought they were actually indestructible because I threw so much into them and, and I, I thought they were actually possible to kill but I found that you can actually kill them they might like, take like six packs of TNT to kill them they are ridiculously high health yeah but well, in which case your best scenario is to avoid them really yeah if you exactly that's the whole which point, is great really. that's the whole point so, that is an example of games I So I put them as a saviour of modern gaming. Yeah, no, I'll go with that. Yeah, I dig those kind of games. I'll have to play Metro, actually. Fucking nails. I
2: thought it was nails anyway. Holy crap.
0: A really good game. And the atmosphere it creates is absolutely breathtaking. There's a very... Speaking of our theme, it's a very negative atmosphere in the whole game. You oh, just hell feel, yeah, you
1: just, you get
2: pulled into it and it just feels
1: so dark. You I feel surprisingly so. I so, really then... like games with negative atmosphere, hence it... why I've played
0: Dark Souls a lot over the last year or so. It's very much a game where basically you're just surviving in a world that is just dying. You are just surviving to the point where you think to yourself it's actually worth bothering trying to survive. And it's got some really clever systems like your military grade ammunition is used as currency. But you can also fire it from your guns, and it's a lot of damage compared to the sort of home-brew damage they use. So you can you have to make this decision. Do you use your military-grade ammo to take this really tough monster down? But every time you do, you're actively firing all your currency, which means you then can't buy new ammo. Yeah. Really clever systems like that. Fantastic game. I've actually gone slightly off-topic, I've just (laughs) (laughs) realised. Welcome to the RAND Tangent Podcast. But you... would
2: I just want to go back so you'd recommend that, say Thorny play Metro cause, yes. I mean, oh, just strongly just strongly be ready recommend. to and get it, your ass kicked that's even relevant to the
1: fact that I guess you can jump from System Shock 2 to that would you say somebody that enjoyed System Shock 2 would enjoy Metro I would say so yeah,
0: yeah. if you like a sort of style really dark really actually against you gameplay it really is you are I'm in there. I right. I, playing against that.
2: you ain't the word for yeah. it like seriously oh, the little tiny bit of glass on the floor you stand on it you could be miles away from anyone. Because the tunnel echoes. Yeah. They can hear you. There he is! And uh. the entire room basically <laughs> oh, comes Because
0: you. you've got hardly anything
2: to defend yourself with, they will wreck
0: you and set But when you get hold of throwing knives, though, if you're really good at throwing knives, you can really clean up an area. But it's it's actually, if you like, it's very similar to Thief. It's got like a your wristwatch, it's got like lights on it, like Thief has. All right. But of course, it's, it's very much a game which tries to avoid having any sort of menu screen. So there's the only main screen you've got is like the, the save screen, uh, or quit screen. That's what you've got really. But everything else is done. So your map is actually a physical object. Yeah. But you might need, but because it's a physical object means if you're on a dark tunnel, you can't see it. So you need to get a lighter out and look to put switch light on to see it. That is really cool. I like that. Is that is really cool. And, but of course, you've got a lighter right? You might be easier or easy to see. Yeah. And your wristwatch has got a little um, lights that tell you how much light you're producing. But, of course, you can only see that when you've got a weapon in your hand which you can actually see your wristwatch yeah. in your hand. Really clever game. And, oh, the surface. That's so terrifying when you get up on the surface. The I main, there was, was a small, pick small game section of that at the very start of the game, wasn't there? Very as you, brief. As you rush through. But later on, because you have gas masks when you go on, so you can't breathe the atmosphere, you have to have gas masks on. Because they crack, don't they, as you get hit? If you get hit, the gas masks can crack and become damaged beyond use. And, so you must avoid getting into combat, and your gas filters run out. So you're constantly having to s- sort of decide, right, do I go in this building and have risk that my arm oh, am going to run out of gas air fil- gas filters? And they're just, so you have to scourge them, or it's Really stressful game. Not going to play if you're already all right on the verge of a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really, really stressful.
2: That was enough to make me want to pull my hair out at times, but it was really damn fun while I played of it. Yeah, really fun.
0: I need to get around and buy the second one.
2: I, I haven't it. played it. That was um, Last Light. Yeah, I, I got that on the PlayStation Three. I think but I haven't had a chance to play it. No, the I
1: one I, I have seen being played by a friend is on the PlayStation Four. I think.
2: That'd be last.
1: Right, that's
0: or that one, isn't it? it you'd, was... you'd
2: want uh, the original Metro, which is based on a
0: book. It is based on a book. To, I want to try and get hold of the book. Yeah, I think i have got a copy of that somewhere. I think so. i see if it's on Kindle. I'll get it. Magic, like Kindle. Magic Kindle. Magic <laughs> Kindle. Actually, I want to get hold of um, Roadside Picnic, which is what Stalker is based on. Because there's a film Stalker, which is sort of inspires the game Stalker. The film Stalker is Russian film. It's really That's a really good Russian film. It's got a Land Rover in this is so it's really good. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Driving the block. It takes and the it, yeah, it's, it's about a two hour film and they have to go into the exclusion zone. It takes them about 45 minutes to get into the exclusion zone. But it's got all the elements of it. It's got like a military exclusion zone it's got um, anomalies in it as well. Right. But it's late or turns so it's, it's a good film to watch and you can get a whole copy. Cool. Yeah, it, you can't, It's hard to get at. The, 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 I don't think there's any dud version they're all subtitled but still it's an enjoyable film.
2: Considering you're talking to two guys that watch things
0: that are always subtitled. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to bring it around next time or we'll have to watch it. Yeah, sounds good. Really good, good Yeah, film. I'm up for that. Really good film Right, so that's this shot two. What have you guys been up to? Oh. Uh, it's not
2: been very fun since the last podcast. You know, negativity kicks in, but we we had them flood warnings a while back, didn't we? We did. And uh, we didn't realise that when we had the the Force and the massive floods, that a large section of our back fence and all that blew down. Oh. We also didn't realise that our garden used to have a pond in it that held water. And over time, it looks like our back garden has flooded out, and my retro games collection was stored in a shed in the oh, back garden. no! Right next to where that pond happened oh, to be. No. And so I go out there, the garden is oh. mud-bound... Because we didn't, we didn't want the kids to go out there because they just tear up all the grass and, you know... Poach a technical yeah, term. That's going to be... That's a farming term. It'll be really funny because things started to sink because, you know, we there was no drainage. <laughs> Everyone's got... I <there> was going to be...
3: Yeah, <laughs> know, seriously. Of,
2: I'm sinking. So in trying to save my retro collection from a shed because, you know, it wasn't sealed very well. The things were inside were getting damp. Cardboard boxes were getting kind of mushy in there. We have moved it all out. Literally, I stood outside by the door of the shed, put my foot down a little too hard and went all the way up to my ankle in mud. So wow. that, that was the kind of mess we had. And um, I, in pulling it all out of the shed and bringing it back into the house where we had no storage, to, that's why it was out there. I ended up looking through some of my old retro collection. So I pulled what? out the old Nintendo Entertainment System from, you know, the 1980s.
3: Yeah.
2: And I thought, I really wanted to get this repaired. It broke. I've had it for years and years and years. Got a second hand off of a mate. And it didn't work very well back then. But I always said, you know what, I'll take it apart and I'll repair it. So I had a look at it. Looked at some of the traces. Made sure they were fine. Uh, I tried to repair the 72-pin connector on it. the cartridge slot before Christmas. And it was just a complete piss-up. Well, seeing it was out and I had to clean up everything anyway because of the water damage and all the damp. Uh, we went out and picked up a 72-pin connector repaired my NES, and then decided we'd pick up a lot of NES games to play with the kids. Brilliant. And so I've literally gone through my, you know, just kind of an NES binge, playing Xevious, which was a, a scrolling shooter. Yeah. I wanted to pick up Probotector, which is our version
1: of Contra. Contra.
2: Shadow Warriors, which is Ninja Garden, but we weren't allowed to say Ninja.
1: Have you ever way. played um, the Batman game on the NES, the one based on the film? No, but I have played it back. It's really it, good. Isn't
2: that the one that's like the Commodore 64 version? I can't remember. Like, I don't know if it's so the, the Commodore I I 64 the Commodore version, 64 but it's a very version. good
1: game. It's a really good fun. I think we have It's one, one of those few sort of movie license games that's really surprising in how good it is. A lot of people said they like it. I just I think we have it. I just don't have it here. Right. So I, have kind
2: of a, I have a mini collection here and then a collection back at my parents' house because we didn't have enough space for all my stuff here, thankfully. So I've, just been, I've been kind of just looking through eBay saying, oh, I want to play this, I want to play that, I want the kids to play this. So any particular gems you picked up? Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah, a good and old Capcom, Capcom game. Yeah, Capcom Disney game from way back in yeah, the day. day really fun.
0: Duck Towers, which I was talking about last
2: episode. Yeah, and they, uh, Dark Wind Duck. I didn't get a chance to pick that up. What other games so
0: I? They- I was um, when I say, think Capcom, all I think of is horror games.
2: Yeah, Resident Evil. They so did they actually dogs.
0: go through a space of actually making lots of... Games of a company Capcom owned. is more famous for its arcade titles. I mean, Capcom's biggest game
1: is probably Street Fighter 2. Yeah. That's what they're mo- most well known uh, for. On consoles, <laughs>
0: it would be Mega Man. Here we go. Or- I want to say, I didn't actually know they made Street Fighter Right, <laughs> The
1: guys behind Street
2: Fighter, Mega Man, yeah, and Resident ghosts Evil. And
0: ghosts, lots yeah. of yeah.
1: classics. I mean, back in the day, they were one of my favourite companies. I love classic Capcom games. Today... Not so much. By the time you get past, say, the
2: 32-bit era, things start to go downhill pretty they fast. They did, yeah, unfortunately. Um, you know, any, any good Disney license, if it was done by Capcom, you had a win, right? Oh, definitely. It was Straight away guarantee to be a winner.
1: Because they did the Aladdin game on Super Nintendo as well? Did they? I think. All right.
0: Yeah, no, they did. Was well, so, the, the same Aladdin game as on Sega? No, uh, the Sega was one was one. done by was...
1: Shiny Entertainment, which is also a good game. It's still a good game, but, but not as good as the Super yeah. Nintendo
0: Yeah. I know mean, the animation was beautiful. Man. Yeah,
1: very okay. good, yeah. Again, though, Shiny Entertainment. It was FYM um, Gym, which was a fantastic looking game Earthworm at the time.
0: Game. I actually got it on an emulator from because everybody said it was probably like the best game on the Sega. It's but a very it's hard like, game. Yeah, I got it on the. Uh, but I tell you, what, I couldn't believe the qu- the quality of the animation. I I think this was on a Sega. Yeah. yeah. And you know, compared to all the other sort of company brands like, and other games that were on there for myself. I've got some vision of this person who's playing all these very pixelated games and graphics up and then putting the Earthworm Jim in and just seeing it. It to think, was massive oh when it came no. out Earthworm Jim, wasn't it? It's like yeah. someone who's been playing on a, all, their, all they've ever played like Half-Life 1, Doom, and then suddenly installing Crisis.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. You can just imagine like going from NES to, say, Earthworm Jim or uh, going from Master System and games like... Um,
3: yeah.
2: I can't even think of any decent Master System games like... Um, not really going. Damn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My favourite retro game was Zombies Ate My Neighbours. That's a classic game. By Very Konami. good game. The one thing is, I never i because at the time we used to play. it, When I was, I was Konami a part of what I would call
1: the Power Trio back in the day, which was Konami, Capcom, and SNK couldn't go wrong with them at all back in the day if you bought a Konami game a Capcom game or an SNK game not that SNK was very big over here at least no. not down here anywhere, you knew you game. were getting a good game
0: yeah
1: D- yeah I'll, I'll give you that definitely okay. carry on anyway So okay, yeah.
0: um, when I was really young I remember we actually didn't know what it was we used to call it the zombie game or the I didn't actually realise it was called Zombies Ain't My Neighbours it was called Zombies over here wasn't it and Zombies was it? Ain't My Neighbours ah, is the uh, American instance, I always name. thought it was called Zombies yeah, yeah, yeah. That, one of them uh, random name changes. that. Then we had. when I remember getting um on um when I got trophy for the emulator, towards took to down. I thought, oh, it's called zombies. And my neighbours thought, well, I thought it's called zombies. Obviously, I thought, obviously yeah. me being making a mistake and being young. And I thought, oh, I didn't realise yeah, no, it's zombies it was... is the a UK
1: name for it, yeah. the European name. Well, and so zombies ain't my neighbours was what it was called in the states. Because that's why I mentioned
2: Pribohtector and contra. Uh, yeah, because that was contra in the states. And if you ever, if anyone ever looks online. All you'll ever see is, like, oh, Contra this, Contra that. And it's like, well, over here, some people are like, well, what the hell is Contra? Yeah. It's like, that's Primotech that over here. Just, we
1: had a name change. I don't even know why they really changed it, because all it does is change the main guys into robots, isn't yeah. it? They're robots rather than soldiers. But then why did we change, why did we have to censor the word ninja and everything? Why did it have to be
2: Shadow yeah, that's Same true, with yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was Hero Turtles over here. Yeah. And um, we had the same thing with, say, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which I brought up the other day. I yeah. started playing that with the kids. That was the first ever... Final Fantasy game we got over, over here. here. But it wasn't actually called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. It's called Mystic Quest, wasn't no, it? No, it was called Mystic Quest Legends, I believe. Because right. Mystic Quest was Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy over here. Uh Game Boy version of that was just Mystic Quest. So to avoid the confusion, we changed the name again. We do that a lot, we just yeah. fuck
1: up names I thought it was it's mostly Mystic Quest on the Game Boy the one where I think it might be the end boss you kill him and he has an extremely gruesome death animation I remember there remember being it, something that. about this that was um, basically
2: Secret of Mana 1
1: oh right okay
2: Um, tentensetsu 1 was yeah. Final Fantasy oh right I didn't uh, realise that That's and it. then I did um, wonder why psycho mana...
1: 3 was called yeah, what it was.
2: because Secret of Mana is actually 2 Just in case anyone didn't know, I could be completely wrong. I think it's
1: criminal that that Tetsu 2 didn't come out over here. That is one of my favourite RPGs. You can buy
2: reproduction carts, which is actually something that we were talking about before the show about ROMs and emulators and flash cartridges. Because Nick Nick mentioned the idea of hey, why don't they just rather than buying spending ridiculous amounts of money on digital copies of games of retro games or having to pay ridiculous reseller prices for the actual physical games, which will die of bit rot just in case anyone seems to think they'll live forever or last forever. Why don't they start building, say, flashcards and consoles that play ROM files that have been dumped from the actual cartridges? They're actually doing that, and they've made flash cartridges, but I'll talk a little bit about that later. Okay.
0: okay. Adam, you're going to talk about um, Mirror Master? Yes. Mirror Master. Mirror Master. Master,
1: yeah. Master you of should, You should explain that, because like, it's rather amusing.
0: I was trying to do the show notes for the last episode on the website, and he talked about Mirror Master so oh google that so I googled Mirror spelled M-I-R-O-R, Master spelled M-A-S-T-R, and I desperately tried and I couldn't find it I thought what is this game I thought and so I just kept searching and then I had to sort of I just thought, right, okay, I'm going to, have to try and guess it. And you mentioned it had the subnames on like Mirror Master, something. something. It's the
1: way the English say, it, isn't it? Mirror yeah. Master. It, you was like, name, it was like Mirror Master. Yeah. The something blade or you Mirror mentioned. I think, was, yeah. I think
0: you called it, and I used that name, and I eventually, oh, that's oh, it's nicely spelt Mirror Master. Yeah. But now I want to have a game that's about someone who's a master <laughs> of mirrors. Mirror Master me. is actually a DC villain, isn't he? One of the Flash's enemies. That just reminds me of
1: um, <laughs> the tech patcher boss, so which is abroad. It is funny. He tried to attack the Flash with a disco ball once, I think. I just find it amusing. Oh, yeah. You have a
0: character called the Flash, and the thing has a mirror. I
1: don't know why, <laughs> why it's amusing, but it just is. The reason I'm bringing Mirror Master up again is because Kamatani has now released DLC for it reasonably priced as well for what it is there's four episodes i was going to say reasonably priced and not tell people what the price is what is the price in the uk what do you consider reasonable well i can't remember exactly what i paid for it now but it was just over three pound it was three pound twenty three pound forty something like that but for what you get it's reasonable because what it is is this is the first in four dlcs and they're all about completely different characters so you're not playing as the, the two main characters from the old, the original game, you're getting four completely new characters to play as. And the first one, which is called... I have to read it I can never remember. It is called Fishy Tales of Neko, of the Nekomata. And you're basically playing as a Japanese Neko, which is like a cat demon, but in human sort of form. So you're playing this as this cat woman. I haven't played much of it yet cause I only got it the other day. But from what I've seen so far, animation is beautiful. I mean, you're talking about games that look wonderful. You need to see a Kamatani game in action. They are like moving oil paintings. It gives you a new character to players. There's also new enemies, new environments, and a whole new story. So I don't know how long it's going to last yet, but it looks to me like it's going to be lengthy. So I'll play through that one and give you the lowdown on that. But then, yeah, there's three more coming out. So basically an expansion pack. Yeah, pretty much. expansion pack, rather
2: than calling it DLC, which is Because DLC, just kind of... to
1: me, today, is generally something that's going to last you an hour yeah, or, or so. or
2: skins or stuff like that.
1: But this yeah. is a whole, full yeah. game, That's why we should so... talk
2: about it like it is an expansion pack. Really, yeah. Kind of like DLC.
1: what we, as we would have mentioned, um, Blood Dragon. Yes, like its own thing, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I've been sort of looking at at the moment, and I'm
0: waiting for the new. Well, I would we'll say budget isn't technically DLC because you can buy it standalone. Yeah, technically DLC.
2: It's kind of like the old Doom and Caribbean games and Atomic and all that. Oh, yeah, it would be. It's the same game built on the same engine,
1: but it's a whole new story yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's risky. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't. It's an expansion. As I've game. not played much of it yet, I've not really much to say about that. But it's a Kamitani game, so I know I'm not going to be disappointed with it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got my money's worth there. I actually picked up
2: Muramasa the other week in a PlayStation Plus sale.
1: Yeah. So I, I had to. We kept on talking about it. I know, Such on a, a week, good so game. For a Fantastic game. I think I only paid about £11 for it. So yeah, it was complain. on the sale. because I bought it as well, because I've got an American version. But obviously, having an American version, I wouldn't have been able to use, use the, the DLC, DLC with it, so I had to rebuy it. So it's brilliant that in January it came out cheaper. I was like, yes, get it again. Shopped I don't up. mind having multiple copies of Kamatani games. He's that good. I just managed me an army of two. Yeah. Like 50 <laughs> copies of that game. <sighs> but yeah, that's all I've got to say, really. So relatively short one there.
0: Fair enough. Marvellous. Excellent. So, next thing is it's called Film Review, but it's actually not a film, nor is it really a review.
2: It's more no. of I'm <laughs> not retron-
0: sure, really. It's the TV
2: retrospective. Recently, season three of the BBC Sherlock was released, which is a the modern adaptation of, of Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes. Which I have to say is absolutely amazing. You have to think Sherlock Holmes was, was ahead of his time, kind of thing, in the stories. Yeah kind of a, a pioneer in a lot of things martial arts and, and all those yeah. random bollocks so now Sherlock Holmes Monday London using
1: I mean in a way I know it's a bit further away but I think that Batman would be something comparable to Sherlock Holmes just because it takes so much inspiration from Holmes a lot of the character quirks of Bruce Wayne are very very similar to mm-hmm. some of Sherlock Holmes quirks
2: so now Sherlock's using mobile phones computers yeah. Yeah. All, all kinds of fancy magical stuff's if you haven't watched the first two seasons, watch it. We'll try not to spoil anything in Yeah, yeah, we won't mention three. anything.
0: But well, something might slip out, so... It's they... going to
2: kind of spoil... Well, it can't, really, because right. if you've ever read the books, there's... No, for anyone that thinks that Sherlock Holmes is dead, because I had this discussion with my
0: mother-in-law, Sherlock Holmes was kind of brought back to life. Yeah, he was killed off, and then after God I got so many complaints, including death threats. Which is a very you think there's a very modern thing to happen but no yeah, it happened huh? to him then yeah he did actually bring it back to life but he never actually explained how he what happened to him as you saw well
2: that's what basically happens at the start of season 3 they explain I wonder that if that's
1: why Jesus brought Lazarus back getting death threats from the peasants you know yeah well I don't. this intro part is going to be sound like me
2: spoiling a modern day King Kong film okay if I tell you the ending it's it's been the ending since the dawn of time yeah so, season two, Sherlock kind of offs himself, but he doesn't off himself. You know that by the end of, the actual yeah, end yeah. of season two, because Sherlock is still alive. You see him at the end of season two. It's in the books. Kind of deal with it. Season three starts off, what, a couple of years after season yeah, two? Is, and they, yeah, And they did a really nice... Kind of short episode as a trailer, like an actual episode. What the what the characters are doing? Did, did you see that yeah. at all? You know what the characters are doing, trying to track Sherlock down over travels across the world. Sherlock is basically brought back to what the hell was the character's name? The villain in season three, So it wasn't Moriarty, obviously. Magnuson. Yeah, who is um, Milverton Milvern, in, the, yeah. in the in the in the books? Who is a master blackmailer? Basically, finds out leverage on everyone. Yeah. and then just kind of controls government news. He's it, a, a news type. Of he's thing, isn't he's isn't basically like Rupert Murdoch. I, I was going to say, he's he sounds like Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. No one will ever stand up to him because he's always got something on him. Yeah. The whole point is that they're going to try and... Sherlock now has to try and find a way to... Stop yeah. him being a dick, basically. Your series... mission this
1: week. Stop him being a dick. <laughs> oh, I love the way you say his mission yeah. is to stop. I was, being I was a thinking dick. of sort of old radio serials or something. That's terrifying. Uh, And in um, this week's episode, Sherlock will be stopping Magnuson being a dick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) in next week for another exciting episode of The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes.
1: Well, it's hard
2: to explain without spoiling parts of the episodes. That's the thing. There's just so much going on in an episode of Sherlock. i sorry, he stops him being a dick. I love it. Well, so, I can't spoil uh, it. It like so, stops him from doing naughty. Things. The good yes. guy
0: beats the bad guy. Yeah, that's the whole point. The, there you the, go. It's a good go. triumph over evil plot. It
2: takes place over the time where Watson is going to get married and yeah. um, basically Sherlock getting
0: feelings. And kind of, kind of. Oh, I not quite. So all these episodes actually, it's called. Sherlock Holmes, but are they actually all based on original books? Or they all they are? They they are, are, no they are books? Yeah. So so are all the episodes I mean are all the episodes named after like books, so is there an episode called The Hound of the Baskells? Or- there is, but yes, they don't
1: is. directly follow the stories of the books. They kind of spoof them in a way, don't yeah. they? So
2: um what was it, the the that was season they, two. They, wasn't they did one
1: based on the sign of four, didn't they? But it was called something else. And they, they integrated it cleverly into the way it was done. It wasn't even anything about mm. that story, it was just that particular. So, if
0: you've read the books, could you get a clue how the episode's going to
1: go? You might do, but more or less it's used to just give people who've read the books like something they go, ah, oh, I recognise that. And, yeah. and they might trick them with little surprises and little funny gags that only somebody who's read the books will get, kind of thing. And the character-wise, it's
0: Holmes facing how in the books. He is, chosen. but he's
1: more pessimistic. Like I mean, Holmes is a bit of a pessimistic character anyway, but he's even more so in this series. They up his negativity levels. What
0: can I say? Don't they mention that he's like... Um, this isn't a negative podcast. Holmes is very pleasant in the series. He loves yes. everybody.
2: That would be very anti-Sherlock Holmes right there. Like, <laughs> we would
1: basically be watching Monk, wouldn't we? <laughs> Uh, Columbo. Just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: of, I like it from, not just as a fan of Sherlock Holmes, but from the, from an editing and,
1: and kind of film. I like it that it's got really quality actors in it as well. I mean, you've got Martin Freeman, who's fantastic. Benedict Cumberbatch, who's also fantastic. You
2: know, I'd never heard of Benedict Cumberbatch no. until Sherlock. Yeah. Well, this is kind He's of a
1: very recent character isn't he? Yeah. His parents are both really famous yeah. and they're both in the new series they play as actual parents in the series don't they good times they are Sherlock's parents
0: who is parents because I've never heard of a Cumberback
1: I can't think of what their names are oh, but
2: God. would you, you know, like me to
1: do the yeah tappy tap tappy tap please but they're doing, God they're God. quite famous quite well known <laughs> quite Obviously, famous
0: not, quite well known oh, no, <laughs> no, no, quite famous remember, quite well known none of us who do who are they? <laughs> 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 I actually called something Cumberback or they got is that I that think the thing?
1: names are different I think they Don't ask me, everyone else is telling me they're famous. I don't know. (laughs) Some like like Tom Cruise, (laughs) and
0: (laughs) I'm not a Hollywood kind of person. They've kept the cards the same. Is he saw his style detective? Is he actually still a detective? He's still a detective. They do
1: a very cool thing where when he is, he goes to what they call, what do they call it in the series? His mind palace. So when he's in his mind palace, it's just basically him. Examining a situation, and they play it out by showing his thought processes on the screen with like um, various words flashing up, yeah. dictionary references, and things that very, right. very quickly so, show his mind s- working quickly. So, what
0: actually in the so you're also watching the live action bits as it were and then it's yeah. sort of being superimposed over it yeah, yeah so it shows what he's thinking and like, c- cleverly just... they used Magnuson, they
1: did his thought process like a computer didn't they yeah. to mirror Sherlock's more old fashioned way of doing it. which things. actually comes in as a
2: as a kind of a, a plot element because yeah. um, you'll always see him kind of fiddling with his
1: glasses and Sherlock thinks that his glasses might be the key to his secrets mm. but turns out no he's just got a very computerised brain he thinks like a no computer no spoilers <laughs> So basically, he's all of us.
2: He said, better, more evil. (laughs)
0: More evil. If that's even possible. Timothy Carlton? Is it? No. Apparently. Oh, no, no, sorry. I thought, oh, I I know him. I realise, oh, no, I'm thinking of Timothy Dalton, the James Bond (laughs) character. No, never heard of him. (laughs) Mother?
1: Wanda Ventum? Never heard of either of them. Well, apparently they're in stuff. IMDb see what yeah.
0: it says yeah they've been in like a BMW advert or something or <laughs> okay right. marvellous so yeah they're, they're in the show and stuff there you go we...
2: it's good I love the way that it's put together like when Thorny mentioned Sherlock's mind palace and you get all the stuff kind of showing up on the screen like when, so for example people get they receive text messages in the show yeah the text, what, will they'll show look up, at their yeah. phone and then all of a sudden the actual text will appear on the screen. So just like the word will appear. So on you won't the see
0: it first with the phone. No, right? you'll you actually see it actual actual on the screen. It's and, like, very, the entire... very cleverly
2: done. So isn't let's it? say eight people pull out their phones in a conference room, eight different words yeah. with the same thing will appear on the screen. So you can actually read what everyone else is seeing on their phones. So is like it like
0: a case of, would you have to, one of those things that you'd have to sort of go back to and like watch again to catch or, or, no, no it's, it's there. They do it really well. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know if that'd be like a nice little thing where you could actually have to sort of like, oh, if it's like a, a freeze frame bonus, you know, if you pause it. You I think
1: you could get them out of his mind process things when he's examining something,
0: it moves very quickly. I mean, I'm hoping um, there's something like, they just put random words in there, like sort of saying like, you know, he's still thinking about well, sort of murder, weapon. I wouldn't then say it just says much like round, then there. Then it says round like pears
1: and cats. It's funny and, you should <laughs> say that. There's a scene where he gets very, very drunk and it shows his mind process working while he's drunk and some of the things that come up are rather amusing.
3: yeah yeah
1: rather than them being really clever sort of direct descriptions of what they are that it's just what a pissed person would sort of see when they see it I thought that was absolutely brilliant very very good
3: brilliant
1: so is there going to be a fourth series
2: right here's here's where we're going to go so the first season really well put together I mean editing great cinematography great acting great yeah I thought it was absolutely brilliant season two just as good Mm, a little bit in places season three I was like on the edge of my seat they, the BBC want to rush season four oh, because season three got BBC got record Rick numbers so um, a little bit kind of scared for that one if they rush it they might fuck it up and yeah. I honestly do think this is probably one of the best series to come out on TV in a long time.
1: A lot time. of it depends on the producers. Yeah, one of the best the, series yeah, from us, I would say from England, like from the UK viewers' point, view. Yeah. yeah but even even folks in America absolutely love this show. Well, yeah. Isn't
2: that really well one thing that people don't understand, I just have to throw
1: this out. I mean we 'cause we're we're sort of more known, well known for Doctor Who and modern that's Doctor it, Who doesn't that's... really do much for me. See
2: I, I need I need to throw this out there. Okay, so over here we have a, a thing called the iPlayer, which is BBC on demand. Yeah. Right, so you yeah. go online you you check out your shows you can watch them back if they've only just come out on the telly after yeah,
0: you know a couple couple on minutes, day, so you yeah. Should, yeah really good actually a lot of them you
2: can live stream now as well yeah you can look like, because that's how we watched it because we don't actually have a all telly aerial right. here or anything so yeah. we watch them all online so a couple of years ago the Sherlock series started getting put on iTunes and Google Play and stuff like that and initially people had no problem with it, you know five star reviews on everything then all of a sudden kind of you know we start getting faster internet connections, iPlayer start getting updated on yeah. live streaming, all that kind of I don't know actually how long they've had the live streaming on and things, but people all of a sudden you start seeing these one-star reviews. Why should I pay for what I can get for free? It's available for free right now in the UK on iPlayer. You bastards, Google and Apple, why am I paying for this? Right. It's like, you're paying for it, you assholes. like you pay for a
0: fucking Blu-ray or DVD. That is something I absolutely hate. I hate people give negative reviews for nothing that's the product's fault yeah it's like on Amazon you'll see a I've, you see a point of a negative review and you read it it's actually the, they say B- uh, book was great Amazon delayed delivery by a day yeah, it's like, yeah. so I'm knocking a, I'm knocking down the review
2: you're, you're reviewing the book not Amazon yeah I just hate when people do that it makes me want to punch people in the face yeah. so they started giving one star reviews to a brilliant show they're like oh yeah the show is brilliant but one fucking star because they're making me pay for it well
0: don't pay for it
2: then so if you don't want to pay for it just watch it on iPlayer but I want to watch season one is it available on iPlayer right now well it was
0: at Christmas but well, it fucking isn't now just well, no, buy it the whole point of iPlayer is it allows you to catch up it's a catch up service it's not a. It's like a not an internet repository like you know Netflix. It's yeah. just to catch up with things. Some things have put series links in, so you catch the whole lot of series if you want to, like do the printers and stuff like that. But it's not. It's not there. It's not a streaming service. It's not like Netflix. So if I it's like not going to leave that series up there the whole year. You yeah, know, of course it's not. To be gone. No, and it drives me insane. doesn't they just don't get it. I think doesn't. It's I, because
2: it's because now iTunes and Google get it like literally days after it airs on the TV. You can yeah. now get a digital purchase. But it's usually still on iPlayer at the time. Yeah. And so, well, you can either have a copy that you can keep forever, and watch whenever you want, or... you Well, you know,
0: it's like Top Gear. Top Gear, you can buy a season pass on iTunes, and yeah. then as soon as it comes available, although there was some issues where last season, there was just taking a week before it became available. I yeah. oh,
2: no, it's the same with, um, with Sherlock and things. Yeah. You have to wait a few days. For, like, you have to wait for the next episode to come out before...
1: Yeah. Going back to the series, though, we are looking forward to series four. So far.
2: Oh my gods, man. When I saw... I'm not going to spoil the ending of season three, but when I saw the ending of season three, I jumped, I was laughing, I was cheering, I was like, this is absolutely
1: amazing I, mean, I have to see there season four. There were mixed four. opinions funnily enough of reading online that oh, right, had very mixed opinions. I did see that a lot of people I were crying it about would be, it.
2: But I, I quite liked it. I thought it was very good. I just remember you commenting on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook that often but because I remember seeing I wanted to avoid it when Sharp was out because yeah. I knew I was going to be watching it a bit later than everyone else. I do try to avoid spoilers on and, Facebook. And um, you put you put on how everyone was kind of crying about it and you thought it was brilliant and I was like what the hell could people hate about it and then I watched it and I was like this is absolutely
0: yeah. brilliant it's, yeah.
2: it, it was such a good ending it's a
0: Marmite moment isn't
2: it yeah I just made me want to punch people in the face because most of them probably never ever read the books they were never really yeah. a fan of the show they just watched it yeah. and went, oh god what the fuck's going on it's like shut up you
1: stupid little negativity negativity it's yeah. not even
2: it's just negative I'm being negative about them not <laughs> the show they're ruining my show but really looking forward to season 4 yeah me I too. hope they don't rush it because if they rush it they'll probably ruin it
0: it depends if the, is, is the team the same the same producer same script editor all that sort it, if the team's the same yeah, there should it, be a the next should it be will still, still be
2: good. decent, but it might not have the same level of polish. And yeah, that's what like, like what me, because we're that is a the,
0: very, very
2: polished it show. Is, it is, really. I is. mean, yeah. holy hell! I could never do anything like that. I mean, seriously. Even if you gave me their team, I'd be sat there going, "Holy shit! Where would I start?"
0: It's. That good. I have to say, the BBC has got some phenomenal editors working it for them. Yeah, Top Gear production method as well. i hoping that, but every single time, but their edits on the editing they do is absolutely fantastic. Well, yeah, well. I mean, even even the shorts they have in Top Gear take
2: hours to make and to look at them, I mean, you wouldn't think about it, but when you kind of look at every little tiny detail, the color correction, the timing you know, the, yeah. all the pickup they have to do
0: is just. Mind-boggling. What's well, so like they have all their filters for the cameras. They've got a box of, like hundred filters and a camera for each of the cameras when they're filming the cards or sort crates of a. Sort of, uh,
2: yeah, so a they, they had series. the graduated filters. So they, they had, had the darker skies and then the lighter times. Yeah, yeah but they
0: yeah. they have to change throughout the day and they have to they do lots of shots, picking which filters the best.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's just dedicated someone who loves their that job. Is, yeah, you know that's 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 what I think you get a lot more of. In some ways, you get a lot more of in British productions because they seem to be shorter series. They're not like the Beam where they are 24 episodes long. They get because they can they can spend a bit more time polishing them yeah. and do them to a not, I wouldn't say a higher quality. That's not fair because a lot of well edited mets longer series out there, but they just, there's a little bit more passion behind them because. Yeah. You have to sort of make your name for himself.
2: I have to say, the only reason I pay my television licence is probably for shows like Top Gear and Sherlock. Everything else done by the BBC, in my opinion, is complete horseshit. The Prince um, is good. Fair enough.
1: Positive thoughts. Positive. <laughs> but, I just call it Smug Bastards in the Room, the show, really. But there you go. There you go. Oh, the show. Plus, Plus I tra- had an Amstrad CPC once and I... Fucking hated it, and I'll never forgive Alan Sugar for that. <laughs> the year I was meant to have a snares, I got your shitty CPC system, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: like hatred right there. I have to because a lot of people don't like ITV programming because it doesn't have the, usually have the same level of polish as it. Uh,
0: ITV Let's compare effect.
2: Sherlock versus
1: Loose Women.
0: Heard, All right. so, <laughs> well, most ITV programs do feel that they're still being made sort of by like little production company in the nineties. I have to say that there, is, there have been a few
2: that actually kind of... Have you? Has anyone ever seen Kingdom with Stephen Fry where he plays the lawyers? I think I've mentioned it before no. on the podcast. No, I haven't. When I first watched that, I thought it was a BBC production because that's pretty well polished. And the acting's good, the the sets are good. Is it a,
0: good. What I'd look at is if it's a independent production for them or if it's something that they've commissioned.
2: Actually, I, I didn't really look too deep into it. All I know is the budget was... It was a very high budget and they ended up cancelling it because...
0: Which is sad. That's what you get when you have a television based on commercials. Yeah,
2: yeah. Which
0: that's, is why that's why I find that some, that's why the American model tends to means good series get cancelled because you know oh they have one they have one bad run of and adverts gone. and so oh, it's not worth having on the air so they get rid of it.
2: Because clearly no one likes all their DVR and take them
0: out the uh... Adverts? No, mm. they don't. Well, they try to stop them. name the TVR, the Tivo boxes. Sorry. Not TV, it's brand a car. Tivo boxes—they <laughs> are um, actually you can—they a- can actually put restrictions. And Tivo TV got sued by all the networks because you could actually f- skip through all the adverts. Yeah. And that's when they almost made the money. So People used Tivo all their programs and skip through them all. Mm-hmm. They now think to themselves, well, perhaps people don't like adverts. It's maybe why they're doing it. Yeah. So um, they actually tried to put restrictions on Tivo to force viewers to watch the adverts. <laughs> Ugh. Uh- Yeah, but you have to think, though, because a lot of people cry about ads,
2: especially these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of content is paid for through adverts. uh, Right, Thorny will probably agree with me on this one. Like, There are a lot of, say, YouTube presenters out there, like, my stuff is such high quality, if I wasn't getting paid, I wouldn't fucking do it, and my quality would drop like you wouldn't believe. But in some cases, they're right. If you stop the ads... They're not making the money, so they're not going to put in the time and the effort to make the stuff. Other people but just I would so
1: argue most of the people who do that don't bloody deserve to make money from their content. A lot, it the
2: people that say that content, that they need the money yeah. and that they're caught There, there stuff are
1: people out like there that, that do deserve that, but there are the most of the ones are whine a bitch about this, the whole YouTube scenario that's come up recently. Mm don't really warrant it they're just
2: so I have to say a lot of the guys that I really like they do make money from YouTube but they nowhere near
1: make enough to cover no. production
2: nowhere near yeah. and they're I mean, the ones I like think should probably if you're own.
1: making your living from that it should be real quality stuff and you should have an yeah, actual show yeah absolutely if you, if you if you're making your living from it it should have a lot of effort put into it as a job would do any other job so yeah when you get these people that are going, oh you know you're not watching the ads and all this so you, you don't warrant it yeah. i would if it was something really high quality i'd be quite happy to sit through ads to watch your stuff but it does
2: bug me when they say oh yeah i spend 70 80 hours editing this and then you look at it and it's like where where did you put 70 or 80 hours the time the, the amount of times that you dragged a clip into your editor and then walked to the fridge are you including that are you including render time are you including the times that you were taking the dump because you're clearly not taking you know less clearly not there in the production
0: i mean from a logical point of view does you know if they were doing five 12 hour days that's still only 60 hours a week so why i still doing like a what 14 exactly hour, are they 14 doing? hour days how do they still have wrists yeah are they doing a 14 hour days to get this stuff edited Carpal tunnel.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> so, so the way some people talk about it, they're doing a hell of a lot of work, and you don't ever see it. And then you look at some of the some of the people on YouTube that actually do create
1: oh, yeah. a show, an actual show. You'd watch it. I you... watched quite a lot of stuff on YouTube. I watched loads of different shows, especially like game related and. Yeah, there's all sorts of things I watch on there. Very cool show. I mean, look,
2: I recently started watching Retro Libby, who actually they yeah. they did the Why We Retro
1: documentary. The fact that those guys have actually the way they have developed. Over One all thing that I few really like that I've been watching is um, Tabletop with Will Wheaton. Right, he does his shuggle tabletop, and they play games. Basically, they will play tabletop games, and it gives you a chance to see what the game is like. But you get to see them play through it because he normally has like various talent on there from uh, he had the guy that played Superman on there the other day from the new Superman film I was going to say wasn't he dead <laughs> no not Christopher Reeve <laughs> that would have been a miracle too, but then he had like Total Biscuit on one as well yeah, so like you're seeing a bit of a jump between <laughs> yeah. but, but the show itself is really good I think it's him and Felicia Day that put it together <laughs> and uh, yeah but it's a very good show yeah very well worth watching well, I, know. I mean I have,
2: I have no right to really say that these people can't make money doing it but I mean don't these people do this because of the ads. yeah.
1: that Most of those people that are doing that though you can see they're in it for the money yeah. not in it because they love doing it which is wrong. They should they be doing it because it they enjoy the money, it. Yeah.
2: Or they, they, they originally did it for fun and then when they realised there was money in it that's when they started kind of cutting corners and stuff when yeah. they got too big to fail. I just wish more, more of the cream would rise because <laughs> otherwise my TV licence is
0: worth jack over here because yeah. Americans don't understand that we have to pay a TV licence. No, um, so we don't get any adverts, but we have to pay TV license to have it all produced instead. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, I actually, pal, it's only what is it, a hundred and sixty pounds a year? I have no idea. I ain't that much. No, That's it's not. not it's not a lot, actually. You know, it's 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 less than say a Sky
2: subscription. Yeah, yeah. Most people pay more money on cable TV, or, or the, most people spend more on Starbucks and and takeaways.
0: Well, my things I hate the most are when you see business that have this program called Points of View, pushed right in. I just love it because you get people who like <laughs> Terry Programme. is not it? Yeah, um, they've watched a the program, or they've seen it. And it's not their cup of tea. So they write to the BBC complaining about how their license fees being wasted. <laughs> like, you know, you're not the only person who watches the BBC. It's not just, you don't, you're not paying the license fee in the BBC. It's then your personal BBC and they'll make stuff just for you to like. <laughs> yeah. You know, it can't all be historical docudramas or science fiction shows or whatever it is your personal fiefdom is. You've got to be with a variety of people. That's the only disadvantage of it. But I used to love watching movies just for the hilarious things people used to write in some yeah. of the stuff made
2: me want to cry how picky would, people were yeah they'd
0: pick on the smallest thing
2: like oh you were talking about such and such but you were actually standing right there which was <laughs> across the
0: street it's like there, what does there was a brilliant there was a, there was a brilliant one on points of view there's this a, it is a, t- a program and it was set sort of like 1890s and there's a bit. Very briefly, you see two children in it playing with toys. And one of the children is playing with a little wooden toy, what appears to be a toy airplane. Well, someone writes insane. the airplane wasn't developed then. It was blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 How there were Race stuff done. Can't you do basic bloody research? Well, then there was a response from the creator. The creator said, we did do the research. He wasn't playing with an airplane. He was playing with a glider, which they'd had since the 1850s. We did do the research. Why should she do the same. <laughs> I Told. love it. Yeah, I love it.
2: Oh,
1: great. And then all of a sudden this flame war starts, and look, we're not going to pay for our licences anymore. Even better if he'd have said, well, while you were looking at that, you missed the alien spaceship we put outside the window. Well <laughs> <or Yeah>. done. <da." laughs>
0: that would be brilliant. <laughs> uh, alien spaceships. Right, so next section, stuff we're looking forward to. Um, we've got a little thing here. I'm not sure if it's the name of the game, but you've just got a big exclamation mark saying Vikings! That was me, yes. Right. No, this is a series again, going
1: with good old TV called let, Vikings.
0: Let me guess, is it about old ladies going to the shops?
1: Yes, no. Is it's it
0: about a stationery company?
1: That would be interesting, wouldn't <laughs> it? A stationery <laughs> company called Vikings. I could
0: see this. Is
1: it, it about, about is a, a co- <laughs> <along>? There is. <laughs> There is, cool. there is a session called Viking. We need to go film them.
0: I'll get you one of the cat- I've out. got one of the catalogs at home. <laughs> Link in the show notes. I'm going to build a Viking longboat out of pencils. From there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got all the lockers yeah. and everything, you see you have lockers in it as well. Excellent. <laughs> there you go, challenge <laughs> accepted. Surprisingly
1: yeah. enough, though, no, it's about big bearded Scandinavian blokes causing problems and being badasses, which is awesome. And making longboats out of pencils. Yeah, making their longboats out of pencils. It originally was on the History Channel, but it's not like a, it's, it's like a, a more of a drama series. It's not a uh, it's, it's, it's more in in line with something like Game of Thrones or something like that. Okay. Um, a historical drama series, but it's very very cool. It centres around a guy called Ragnar Lothbrok. What he he's a Viking that lives in this village that's ruled by a guy called Al Harrelson, and Harrelson's a little bit corrupt because his son died and he's a little upset so he's he's become corrupt over time. He seems like he used to be quite a good chap, but yeah. Unfortunate circumstances have made him bad. But what Ragnar wants to do is they're they're only raiding like other villages at the moment and Ragnar's like, well if we go to where England is, if we travel that way, we'll find land. I'm certain of it. We'll get We'll be able to bring back riches. And is having none of it. He's like, "Now there's nothing over there. It's all fairy tales. You're not going over." So Ragnar sneaks out with a small squad of his own friends, and they go over to England. They find a monastery when they hit land. Well, they find some guards first, and they kill them, quick sharp. And they find this monastery. So, what do you think they do when they find this monastery? Do they go in, and shake hands with everybody, and make tea? Do they? Kill everybody. The, I thought the making tea thing was a very Viking thing to It do. is, yeah. Tea ceremonies, you know, Vikings, f- samurai, being I'm, friendly. I'll go for option A. Option A. Yeah, let's go. For, let's go for the garden they go in, one's in and they shake everyone's hands and they make make some tea, have some tea together. No, they like go in and they butcher everyone and they take absolutely everything. How stereotypical! Oh, how yeah. God. I'm sure we'll have plenty of Scandinavians writing and complaining. You know, Poor you can't do that. stereotypes. But I will mention actually, most of the actors are actually Scandinavian, which is very cool. So it's it's got like they all have Scandinavian accents, which is awesome. Um, but they all go in, they kill all these uh, all these priests. But one of them shouts something in like Norwegian, and they're just like, "What? One of them can speak our language?" And so. Out of curiosity more than anything, Ragnar spares him. Says, right, I'm gonna take him, take him, keep him with my slaves. Which it turns out they're actually quite good too. They, they aren't, don't mistreat him or anything. They, they're they're workers and they treat him like workers. Bundle him on the boat with all the treasure they nick. Get it come back. And it sort of tells the story of, this priest and how he is uh, or this monk even, how he is surviving within Viking society and what he learns about it and Ragnar's own personal contention with Earl Haraldson and it sort of goes from there it's fantastic I mean I was watching it at the same time as I was watching uh, Game of Thrones and it trumped Game of Thrones and I'm a big Game of Thrones fan so to be able to watch that and say actually this is better than Game of Thrones speaking very highly of a very very cool series Recommended to anyone who likes historical.
0: So, just so, so where can we get hold of this? Is it an American production, a British production, a Scandinavian production? I think
1: it's a British production. I'm not entirely sure, actually. But where can we find it? I mean, where could I view this? It comes out on DVD over here in well, towards the end of February, apparently. So we shall have it soon. I don't know if there's anywhere online it can be viewed because it aired sort of at the start of last year, but you will be able to get the DVD soon, so that's one good thing.
0: I believe it can be viewed online at the Pirate Bay.
1: Possibly. <laughs> I'm going to get the DVD anyway, so I'll have to bring it over or something and we can yeah, watch it. Sounds but interesting. It is very cool. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. But Please, we have a nice. second series as well that will be out soon. In March, I believe, it starts. So That will be rushed and have half the polishes it had before.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Based in London. <laughs>
0: Luke, you want to talk about the something 5. Of the the Retron 5. Yeah, I've scribbled Retone on it for some reason. <laughs> wow, the Retone 5. <laughs> Can you get Mirror Master on that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably available on the, I don't know, the Super Famicom by Sega. <laughs> My retro collection got kind of sad. have blast processing? Probably not. <laughs> blast processing being the biggest gimmick of the <laughs> 90s. It's just a faster processor, people. Come on, Seriously. So the Retron Five is basically uh, a multi-system uh, remake console, a clone system. They've it's made by Hyperkin. They've made uh, a couple of other Retron systems that they had
0: like the they have the well, one they've three. made four. Yeah, well <laughs>
2: no, they, no, they skipped
0: four. Actually, now I think
2: about it, they actually skipped four. Because they said, "Hey, look, it's the Retron 4. Oh wait, no, we're not going to do that. We're doing the Five, and that's basically because of the systems you can the the, the different numbers of slots, and I guess because the three you could play. Super Nintendo Mega Drive something else and Classic Gamer made a funny kind of joke where they kind of stuck all different games in it that didn't fit and then they'd like Is that
1: all when they built the tower out of Sonic and Knuckles and um no, all I mean, the other Sonic games. It was almost like that one. Where they had like, one of the I think it was because he got sent so many copies of Sonic and Knuckles, he just put them all, the yeah, game it's and called, like, and all together and stacked them in the
2: console. He was like literally saying, like, Oh, well, next it'll play PlayStation games. So you could just kind of like slip that PlayStation <laughs> game in one of the cartridge slots. And then it was like, Yeah, we can play maybe Atari 2600 game. And Brilliant. He stuck that on the side. But basically, it's a an, like an all in one system, on system on a chip. Right. So
0: is it hardware emulation or software emulation? See, that's the thing
2: I'm not entirely sure, because the previous versions were literally a system on a chip with a hardware switch that you'd say, right, I want to play wow. this system, I want to play that system. This new one is based on Android, so I'm going to assume it's all basically software. Um, it's going to be running like Android-based emulators. It's the
0: time. only thing I feel with concern concerned there, because with hardware emulation, if you're... Well, i they're copying the original setup... As close as they can. Yeah, you're going to get a an equivalent of the original game. You're going to play near enough to exactly how it would have been played. Yeah, big, with the exception harder. of
2: audio and some kind of graphical differences because you obviously going to grab the exact same.
0: No, but the the basic, the basic build blocks would be the same. But with software, always becomes a little bit more complicated. You know, there's no emulator out there. that's 100% perfect. No, no exactly. That exactly. But that's
2: also the same with some of these systems. I I, I don't really know what's inside them because I haven't pulled one apart. But um, the idea is that even some no. of these... Some of these systems <laughs> yeah like unicorns and stuff <laughs> mu- the Retron 5 must use unicorn or something because there's, there's no way in hell it can I see them
1: along the lines of Discworld the little trolls or
2: whatever oh, yeah, the, the, yeah the, um, the little demons that make them yeah. go <laughs> that kind of evaporate over time we're running out of pink work. I can't remember what were they called again the, um, the actual the boxes, the picture boxes
1: I can't remember whatever they are Um, picture box
2: that'll do the picture box the cameras they're basically just they are emulation Look, I've got a Messiah Generation Next and that's a Famicom and NES clone and it's just a Nintendo on a chip it's not perfect like it doesn't play Castlevania 3 no Um, there are certain games it will not play the Retron 5 will apparently play as close to 100% as possible pretty much anything you can emulate on a PC it will apparently play right so there are, there are going to be differences because it isn't all, you know, actual hardware. A lot of people have said this with any clone system; it's not going to run a hundred percent because it isn't the system it was programmed for. Yeah, no. it's kind of a cut down, really, really tiny board with everything on it. Yeah, kind of. Oh, it's be fair,
0: yeah. modern technology—you probably could copy a system exactly onto a lot smaller board or smaller chip mm-hmm. compared to how it was. You know, you could probably you could probably copy, uh, say, a Sega Mega Drives hardware layout onto a chipped small to to an iPhone. Yeah, pretty much. So the thing with the... I'm not sure the cartridge would go on the iPhone but it's kind of... Uh, you know, just jam it in. There'll be attached. attachment you have to sort of have on the back of
2: it you just plug into the back. No wires. They don't do wires anymore. Now, what's cool about the Retron 5? Right. So I said before they had the Retron 3 which did their Super Nintendo Mega Drive and whatever the other one was. Atari or... PlayStation 6 or something like
1: that. What a swan.
2: Wouldn't surprise me. The Retron 5 has just off the top of my head I'm pretty sure it's got like nine or so consoles on it in one on one box. Wow. Nice. It's got and it uses official, regular control pads. Oh so that's cool. So you can cool. actually use your proper control pads on it. It does Famicom and NES Super Nintendo Super Famicom so it's you know same system. Right. Mega Drive Genesis Game Boy Game Boy Color Game Boy Advance Nice. I don't know. I think it's got a master system adapter it for look as like well. does like Sega CD and stuff. No, like no, that kind of stuff isn't compatible. That's why you'd actually need a, a an actual Mega Drive. They haven't got yeah. a clone yet, though. Kind of attached to all the different uh, boxes. So say, where does this sit from a a legal point of view? Well, Was they've the, been uh, they've been making clone system clone systems for years, and, and you know, um, no one's no one's kicked up about it. I'm aware. I mean, it's not like they're making, say, you know, carts that will pirate the actual game. Yeah, I suppose because
1: you have to own a cart. Yeah, you have to own
2: the actual game to play. So I I can't see that being a problem. You have to have the actual control pads to play. I mean, it does come with some kind of cheapy little control pads and stuff, but you have to have actual games, actual cartridges. Mm. Because that's the thing. They do make flash cartridges for these systems now. So you can dump all your ROMs and and play them on them off of an SD card on your actual Super (laughs) Nintendo. But, or like on your on your master system, I show you guys my uh, my master system flash card, where I can dump all my games onto an SD card, put that into the actual master system, and then play every single master system game without ever having to change my change my uh, cartridge. Those don't work on the clone systems, right? So you don't no. you, you're not playing dodgy games that you've just pulled from somewhere. No. And plus, for anyone that's complaining about. ROMs and emulation what do you think the virtual console stuff is it's not actual hardware it's no, a, a wrapper yeah, it's a ROM and an emulator just on another system made by the guys that and actually from what I understand a lot of the stuff on say the Wii and uh, the PlayStation portable and all that, a lot of that yeah. came from the homebrew community anyway so and they're ripping people off of it stuff you already own folks being resold to you yep but really looking forward to the Retron Five. It'll have HDMI out, composite out. It'll play American and PAL games. I think this one has a variable speed. So all the previous models were based on the American systems, which played about one fifth faster than what ours do. Right. Because frame rate issues on for its weird, isn't I, I mean,
0: PAL oh, and NTSC TV. I signals. find that when
1: yeah. when I first had YouTube, when YouTube first came out, I was watching like. American games being played, thinking, why do they look so good in comparison to ours? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that being why. So we end up having
2: like squash screen, they yeah. got more
0: screen. And they have, like, amazing they, frame rate. They have a faster, They their screen is less detailed but has a fast up loose. They have there's less detail but has a faster frame rate. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the UK, ours is more detailed but has a slower frame rate. That's why all American TV series, until sort of the advent of, sort of HD, tend to come look a little bit blurry because the flame rate wasn't quite fast enough for it. Right. It made them a bit blurrier. I believe
2: that is the... And the trouble is, they didn't optimise half of the stuff that actually came out over here. Yeah. So we ended up... They said, "Oh, it's going to be so much work to optimise it for the European systems. Let's just slow it down so it'll play at the right frame rate. Yeah. So
0: thanks guys and then you get getting That's less it. boxing as well and on top yeah because
2: yeah. my master system has been modified so I can actually flip a switch and I'll go to um, 60 hertz or play oh, nice. like the American speed it fucking just drive me nuts because every single game I play is now just set to the American
3: yeah.
2: mode and that, that shamefully that doesn't work quite the same on the Super Nintendo that I've got modified but the I believe the Retron 5 because it is all software it will allow you to switch what region you want to play on so it's got all them systems on it. It's it's pretty cool. Under a hundred pounds, HDMI out, SCART out, all that, all that cool. kind of stuff. Yeah, just a shame it's not compatible with light guns because everyone's gonna be playing it on a fucking HDTV, and that, that's not Ooh, the It's yeah, for... not the system's fault; it's the television's fault.
1: Yeah. But... My friend, who is really into her, like collecting old consoles and stuff, he has a specific Sony <laughs> brand of telly. I don't know what it is, um, specifically, but it's really bloody good for what playing old games. Like, it's a box TV, obviously, not an HD one, but it will play like, uh, if you play, like, SNES games now on it, they will look pic- pixel perfect, as they should look. And it's really good for light gun games as well, apparently. I'll have to find out what one it is, but very cool. Yeah, I was playing it with him the other day. So
2: if you're going to play retro games, I, I know that I play most of mine on an HD TV. In fact, I emulate a lot of my stuff. Yeah. It really is best to put an old school, big old, oh, beefy tube TV. Otherwise, you just have, you have to deal with, you know, latency that everything has to go through a scaler on an HD TV. and stuff as well it's all down to the quality around. of the scaler and built into the television because yeah. the television only has one native resolution yeah. 720p, 1080p and then everything has to be scaled to uh, that resolution and it, that takes time to process right. and yeah. some games are unplayable I mean I noticed playing some of the games with my kids you know after it goes through the scaler I never realised how some games had more motion or the controls just seemed to be a little bit off from yeah. how I remember them and for them, it's no biggie, because they're kind of, their minds yeah, are kind of not tuned, tuned into them. it like we are, yeah. But then I'm trying to press the button, and it's not happening, and... Oh, <laughs> muscle memory lets you down. Yeah. If not, then I'm just getting old, and I'm really crap <laughs> at playing games these days, but hey, what Could be a bit of both. Yeah. But really cool-looking systems. going to be under £100. For really? that. That's not bad. Which is going to be amazing. Yeah. Under £100, like, nine no possible systems.
0: Very cool if you've got a collection of old games and, you know, the hardware's died, because the cards should outlive the hardware anyway. Yeah, for sure. Because there's no moving parts in most of them as the hardware tends to wear out, so... Yeah. Great. Well, this is technically... I know I'm going to be a positive podcast, because we're always positive. I know the section's technically stuff we're looking forward to, but I've put in here one called stuff I'm not looking forward to. Uh, Which we've
2: already discussed in great length at one point. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, so V4 four I mean, gets ugh. released... I'll say that every time I hear it. V4 is oh, released in actually just under two weeks. Today. Uh, we'll pretend that's not going to happen. So I, and I've got my pre-order, so I'm going to be playing that and I'll be crying in the next podcast. Masochist. You uh, have to encourage it by pre-ordering. Well, I'm going to give it a go and I'll give it a chance because... I was worried about this. It's I was Montreal who made Death team revolution. Apparently, though, it's a different team of guys. Di- yeah, Montreal. I've since found that out. Because everyone was
1: saying to me, "Oh, how can you hate it? It's going to be made by those guys." I was like, "Fair enough." The new Deus Ex does look. I mean, I'm I'm not a big Deus Ex fan, but it no, does Deus Deus look okay.
0: Very. I was. And it's a it's a
1: very good. Role. But everything I saw about FIFA four being a huge C fan was just like, no, no, no.
0: I knew it was not going to be good. Well, because I actually aren't, I'm not a games journalist, so I can't get all these previews. Uh, they all the lucky bastards or unlucky bastards, depending on the point of view, you get to go. So I've had to be reading all the previews instead. So i have been looking into a few things, and some of the stories I'm hearing just don't bode well. Things like FOV, field of view, if you, or an acronym yeah. phobe. Um, there's one guy who's told that at one point he was on a beam. And the beam took up his whole field of view. Uh, and he he could hear people, but he couldn't actually see them because he couldn't see past the beam. And he had just guess. Past solid
2: objects getting yeah, way.
0: Well, because if, if he had been bigger, he would be able to sort of have more situation and be able to work out if they're there. So soon as he guess, he went down and got cut to pieces. And when he mentioned this to the director, they basically said, well, it's a way to build tension. was sort of his sort of underhand. And that's really the insults. excuse they have for, for craptastic programming. Yeah. When asked about whether they're gonna on a PC version where you can better change field of view, he said maybe up to a point. Which okay. is a short answer no. Yeah. So hopefully will be I'm sure someone will Do hope. They they when they, they've done some for they have to be fair they have listened to so much to the community, so they got rid of quick time events. Good they originally it's a lot of time between first and third person view whenever you went into into combat you go into third, third person view that's changed now so only they reckon like most levels it may change twice i know it's still not great but it's but it's it's better than what it was originally have you seen the new trailer for it no, I haven't. Because everything you're
1: mentioning about it is from a technical standpoint, but from a like fluff standpoint and a storyline and everything, it looks bloody awful. They've basically made it like there's a revolution going on, and Garrett's the front man of the revolution.
0: There is mention of the tra- so- there is mention the storyline in the previews. I've okay, read. okay, they did mention it. So, well, come on to that. All right. This is one where I have a little bit gripe gripes. read. broadhead arrows now knockout guards. Now, a arrow, you know what it is. It's basically an arrow. It's basically what you, a, a normal arrow. So it's got a sharp, pointy bit. If it hits you, you will die. T- t- traditionally, it was used to kill people. But somehow, these knockout ones, apparently they're blunted. I still think a blunted arrow hitting you hard is going to cause. <laughs> I'm call... getting of green arrow. and a boxing glove arrow, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just imagine this guy going, ow, what, was, what the hell was
2: that? I should. Oh, it's, it's, it's like going back to your pencils for the Vikings. Seriously,
0: even if you jab a pencil at someone, that's gonna fucking hurt. This is this instantly makes me concerned because, in the case of board head arrows, uh, in the original thieves you had there were arrows that could knock people out, the gas arrows, but they are really rare to come by. Yeah. You may if you were lucky to found two or three a level. So when you use them it was a real risk reward like do I use them or do I save them? Your trick was sneaking up and blackjacking people, exactly. which was
1: great. Again, we're talking about building tension, that was what built tension. You had to sneak against these guys. You couldn't just run in
0: and or fight. Just avoid them completely. Yeah. But then they had this they by putting these in, if the board had arrows are uh, presumably quite a common thing to get hold of you're going to have issues where you're going to basically try and knock people you're just going to be just going around there and knocking everybody out yeah the other thing they've dropped is that originally there was an XP system and said, that's gone they've dropped oh, that that's one good out. thing at least good it's depending on your point of view it's been 18 rated depending on your point of view that's either a good or a bad thing do you know why it's been 18 rated? why? it's got sexual scenes in it because at one point it goes to a brothel Right. So, has bits where you can see people having sex. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, Yeah. See, I mean, that's cool and all, but I don't think Garrett from the old games would really have given a damn about it. I mean, unless no, he's he going wouldn't. to loot the place, he
0: wouldn't really care for well, it. Well, so. he wasn't going there, no, you're going there to loot. He wasn't going there just to funs no. or lols. This but, it does bring a bit, I was reading one, I've been in PC Games preview and you can tell the guy who writ it was a thief fan because he, he, he basically gave it kicking. Good. And he was saying how that he went into this place, this brothel, and initially tried being do sneakily, and after all, he got fed up. He said, I'm just going to go, right, I'm going to, as, as best you can, run and gun it. So he literally ran down this corridor, being surrounded by dozens of guards chasing him, dived into a room with two people having much passionate love. All right he then dived behind the bed to take cover with his, with his broadhead arrow poised at the door. The guards didn't follow him in. They didn't come looking for him. Clearly but, they but, respect the rules of the they door, do, But the two people having sex on the bed didn't react in any way at all. This guy just ran to their room with an out with, a, with effectively a machine, a gun pointing outwards, obviously a bow and arrow, yeah. but, and they just carried on. They're I mean, clearly
2: caught in the moment. That's,
0: that's, that's basically saying to me you know that's, probably that's, say, that's broken tension. It builds for tension. It builds tension. AI God. broken. Yeah, I mean he also said that he um, went around the city and it said he just felt dead. You know, whenever he rubbed somewhere it just didn't feel like it was actually a living place. I mean, yeah. Deadly Shards had the city and that Although not great, it did feel... It was si- nice. It was still feel slightly It had a it lovely did, mood to it, didn't it? It did. That. It did
1: feel like an actual city I love that. The one thing I really liked about that is something I have to mention, is that the city in Deadly Shadows had that really cool atmospheric background music yeah.
0: that was very different to the music I used in the rest of the game, which I yeah. really enjoyed. Oh, it's a lovely little city. There's a few places where there's like doors if you couldn't get through. I always hate doors you can't get through because that just instantly ruins my immersion. Yeah. I've arrived at a blank wall. But I know I will do it. But I love that. That's it. So it comes out in the, the month. I've played it. So by the time we do our next podcast, I will have played it. We can really rip it to shreds. And then. I am prepared. Well, I say I'm prepared to... I'll judge it on the final product. Right. What I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice. I've not played it when people I'm gonna be nice and give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I'm not that nice. I just want to show you bastards you should all yeah. be fired. I'm gonna a bit of the doubt and I will view it like I reviewed our sex visible, I will view it as as a game and as a thief game. And well, we'll see. It's probably the best I can see. <laughs> That's the
2: most positive outlook we can have, I think. Is that all from the Stuff We Hate section?
0: That is it from the Stuff We Hate section. So we like everything else. Yeah, yeah. We love More everything. Faithful. Positive, positive. Or anything
1: else from Square Enix. Uh,
0: so, games are other news. All right, Luke, you've got a bit on here about the Panasonic GH4. Well, I'm going to
2: try and make this quick, because no one other than me is really going to give a crap about this. And if I had to be honest, I don't really give that much of a crap for it, because I can't afford one. Positivity, Luke, positivity. Yeah. <laughs> when I start talking about it, you're going to hear the rainbows, okay? So... The Panasonic GH4 is a 4K-capable DSLR, 4K being video resolution. Mm. So if anyone's kind of been living under a rock for the last few years, DSLR cameras, digital SLR cameras, shoot video now, not just pictures. You don't need a dedicated camcorder. Up until now, we've only been able to shoot 1080p on, you know, your consumer-level DSLR that Canon kind of did make one that did 4K, but it would cost you a left testicle and a kidney.
0: You know, a nice black market kidney.
2: Panasonic have updated their GH3.
0: £22,000, just in case you want to know. We learned that few months skirt. There you a go. A testicle cost £22,000. Yep.
2: That, wasn't that a weird news story? That was a weird news story. Yeah. So there you go. you so now you know.
0: Now you know. you know. Random
2: fact, it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money or a testicle. <laughs> so, The GH4K is just an updated GH3 with 4K support. 4K is four times the resolution of 1080p. Why would anyone give a shit? Well, from a normal kind of everyone else consumer standpoint, no one gives a shit, okay? Unless you're one of these guys that has to live on the edge, the bleeding edge of technology, because a lot of people I know only have 1080p displays. 4K is going to use a fuck ton of storage so if you're filming it if you're filming in 4K you're going to need a shit ton of hard drives yeah you're going to have to have a lot of money for storage
0: I suppose everything is you, you are in a way because 4K eventually is going to filter down you're technology will go you're going to filter into the consumer market anyway same way HD did yeah when HD first came up people said what's the point but it's yeah. now filled down it's now the standard yeah so we'll fill that so I suppose the only reason to get 4K really is to future proof your materials yeah. the same way the people who filmed in HD when only 1% of the UK in HD well, it's mad because there's it's now still viewable in HD because yep. it yeah. still looks good, and it scales down very
2: nicely as well. So if you were going to make something a you know a DVD, you scale it down, it's going to look a hell of a lot sharper than if you were just going to kind of reproduce yeah. the same quality content over and over again, like re-render it, remaster it, or whatever. You end up with a much larger original, and then scale down for the final product. That's the trick with four K because this year is. Apparently, according to tech analysts, this year is going to be the year of 4K. Everyone's going to start getting 4K TVs coming out. Consoles are now 4K compatible for video. Uh, I'm saying not for
0: gaming. Yeah, my... Pff, no way.
2: You know, look, my graphics card has 4K support. It's had 4K support since it, it was like one of the first, I guess, 4K-capable um, graphics cards, I guess. I don't know. I'm just making shit up now. <laughs> but the, the Panasonic GH4K is going to offer so much in post... Other than massive file sizes and massive resolution. The whole idea is that, say, you're still going to need decent coverage for your shots. You're still going to have to make sure you've got everything in frame that you want in frame. But now, let's say, for example, I shoot a wide shot and it's just you two. Right. But then I'm like, all of a sudden, hang on a minute. What if I want to say, pretend I have two different cameras here? I've got the resolution to crop in. I have four times 1080p. Any point can be one single 1080p -hmm. image. So it will actually, I can cut it as if there's two different 1080p images. Scale it all down to 1080p for the final product. I can just adjust coverage. I can have close ups of faces when I initially wanted a wide shot. Maybe it, uh, maybe it works better for the flow of the product. You've just got so much more that you can work with, so many different ways you can fix. If I'm running around like a spanner without a rig to stabilize my shots, I can run a very extreme uh, stabilization um, plugin in my editor, which will basically kind of crop in and say hold the centre point
0: yeah and then uh, move, move the crop to yeah so basically hold
2: it steady yeah if you do that with 1080p you tend to make the image a little bit softer because you're going to either render out and say 1080p or, or 720p or maybe even lower with 4k I can still keep a 1080p image for you know people with really nice TVs and, and stuff like that yeah so it's going to make everything easier and production easier in a way it's going to make production a little bit lazier I think because rather than people trying to get the the right shot and the right coverage they're just going to crop it in post or try and correct in post, but yeah, that's all cool. I like the idea. If I got one, I probably wouldn't shoot in four K straight away because I can't afford the hard drives
0: for it. No, I was can... going to say because presumably it takes if it's four times the size, it must take four times the storage. I mean, there are already phones that shoot four K. Really?
2: Yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Note three shoots. Is that Galaxy a... Note 3 shoots... Yeah, Samsung Galaxy Note 3 That's proper, a proper 4K. 4K in resolution, but the bitrate's horrible. The bitrate is probably more reasonable for a 1080p file, but... Right. It's coming off of a phone, yeah. so, you know, what can you say? A lot of people are complaining with the G- about the GH4, though, because they say, oh, it's just a GH3, but with 4K unlocked. There's a little bit more to that, you know, you've got external recorders. They've actually come up with an external, um, kind of like a, a mic rig... Re- so now you can kind of like get this adapter, you bolt it onto the bottom of the of the camera, and then you're not having to use the inbuilt uh, preamps, or the low-quality preamps that come in with the, the mic-ins. You literally attach it rather than buying an external recorder. You can get uncompressed video out of it by using this adapter and things like that. It's a really nice piece of kit. It's probably only going to come in at about two grand. Still more than I can afford. I'm invested <laughs> in Canon cameras. So, yay. Come on, Canon, please give me something nice like that. No one cares, I told you, no one cares, I can't explain it. I just I I would like one, I just can't afford one. Four K, yeah.
0: Right. I it. <laughs> right. I would like to pose a question, I'm gonna pose a p- topic for debate. Oh. Okay. That's gonna be funny. Oh. It's about Nintendo. <laughs> I figured Is this gonna be positive or negative? It, mm, yeah. It's a, it's neutral. It's true neutral. <laughs> It's not chaotic neutral. No. We would be in trouble. Wii U sales are slumping. Nintendo CEOs having to harvest pay. Is Wii U going to be the next Dreamcast? I'm going to say, though. And will Nintendo go
1: away and say again? The first thing I've got to say about that is I commend Iowata so much for that decision. That ain't something you normally see in this industry. An industry full of greedy pricks that don't give a damn about their fan base. Iowata stood up and said, you know what? I've fucked up here, and I'm going to take a fall for it. And yeah, he makes so much money; it probably isn't going to be a big thing. But none of the other like main people within the industry would have done that. So I've got to take my hat off to him for that. That's very good. I mean, he didn't have to. I don't remember. No, him that's being what forced I mean. Yeah. To no, that. he didn't have to. No, and I mean, I know it's not a great, probably a great cut for him because he's got so much money anyway. But the fact he did it on principle is pretty cool, I would say. Right. So what you're saying is, is, is Nintendo going to go the the way of Sega? I don't think it possibly can. Nintendo, unlike say, because everybody says this about with Sony, sometimes people think Sony might be even on the edge, but Sony makes so many different products that gaming, if they if they go under with gaming, they won't go under with anything else because they still have other businesses. But Nintendo, because they're so focused on gaming, I don't think they possibly can go under. That's what Nintendo's got. They're so focused on it And they've got such a long history that they've got a really huge fan base. I mean, mm. like I was saying before the podcast, we were discussing stuff with Nintendo. I think that even though I love them, they make silly choices sometimes. And I've seen fans argue... To the point of ridiculousness, against or, or for even these silly decisions, and I'm just like, how can you even argue that case? So, some examples. Um, a good example being what we were talking about with roms earlier. Yeah. That I don't think that Nintendo and they putting GBA roms onto the Wii U, and my 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 perspective was they should have been on the 3DS to start with. The reason I sold my 3DS was because I couldn't get roms for it. I couldn't get specific GBA games and even then they overcharge you for these games anyhow. they yeah, charge something like
2: four or five pounds More
1: something. than that sometimes. For a game that's like a Game Boy Color game, I think Zelda for the Game Boy Color, they were charging eight or nine pounds for it. I don't think it was that much, and it I was, was just like, expensive. That's bad. But yeah, people were vehemently disagreeing with me and arguing the toss purely because they love Nintendo. And it's like, you know if they've got fans like that they're not going to go down because people are just going to buy their stuff purely because it's got their mm. brand name on it
2: the virtual console is good for a few select titles but I wouldn't say go out and no. re-buy your entire library see and yeah. I mean
0: the only thing I'd say is you say you've got their fan base that's final but it doesn't matter if the fan base is too small I but mean, Nintendo's me, fan base is huge I mean they eclipse well, even Sega's fan base let me give you some figures okay, okay. Um, in 2012 the Wii U shipped 3.6 million units worldwide yeah However, since launch of the Xbox One PS4, which was only, like, what, October November last year? Yeah, I
2: think it was November.
0: Sorry. And sort of mid-January, they've sold a lot more than that.
1: One thing you got to remember, though, is that Nintendo have the monopoly on the handheld market, and the well. I, yes, still I will say, well.
0: 3DS is still selling very well, despite the fact that you, despite the smartphone's been encroached on by smartphones, which yeah. I feel eventually, if they do not care, of, smartphones are going to push into that market yeah I'd argue the point that that phones have been doing this
1: for a while now and I think you're going to always have your gamer that likes to have a handheld console and I think that is where Nintendo is going to get the bulk of their their money from the 3DS seems to be the most popular one of the most popular consoles at the moment and I didn't even really like it that much I got rid of mine but they they're doing very well for themselves. Yeah,
0: the I think. But I've a few facts for you: Um they've revised their estimates down from nine to two point eight million units next year. Right. That's, that's a third of what they thought, and they're predicting a thirty-five billion yen loss, which is something like twenty million pounds. Yeah. That's not an insignificant. It's not figure. And you know, I know you say like with Sony's example, so it's okay. It's not a brilliant example because you're right. they their other industries are completely different industries. Yeah. If all you have is game, if your console flummoxes...
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are,
0: you're going to get hurt, but... They've had an 80%
2: drop in shares as well. Uh, no, no, no. See, now what you're basing all this on is a very brief slump. By the end of the day, the stocks went up pretty much back to where they were. But no one reported it. No one. Because it was... Seriously, Nintendo stocks tanking, that... make that sells... That's what's going to bring in people to, to read your crap. Saying, hey, Nintendo stocks... And let's be kind of fair, And went back up. when that's it comes cool. to
1: video games, there's even more crap than in most journalism. I mean, video gaming, the, the amount of clickbait that there is on the internet, yep. my God. Exactly, just... that's what it was. It was clickbait. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it tanked,
2: and then by the end of the day, Imagine it was back up to where it was. Kotaku,
1: Kotaku, Kotaku, but you know.
2: <laughs> 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 but I don't think Nintendo are going to go anywhere. I
0: mean, they haven't even released the heavy yet. i have not, I've really not, I've for not for said you. they're going to go away. You want? No, you're thinking? Maybe oh, they'll will go they go? So yeah, yeah, will they go? So well? will just yeah. Make the games. one thing everybody is arguing
1: is they're going to go third party, but I'm not sure that they will. I mean, bear in mind, they are pissed up before the GameCube didn't do anywhere near as well as they'd expected, and then they saved that with the the Wii, which did exceptionally, which the surprised was that, me. Like it was the sell. shock console so of that was of the time. winner of last generation. It's crazy, isn't it?
0: Think of so. you're you had. You, did you like the Wii, I'm presuming? I've developers. got a Wii, I yeah.
1: like the Wii. Okay. I didn't mind And you bought the Wii. Wii U. Yeah. and We own two Wii U's. Just... Yeah. See, I had a Wii, but I got rid of the Wii. But then again, modern consoles, so, I'm like, mm, yeah, I didn't like any of the last gen's consoles. What's really. gone
0: wrong then? What has gone wrong with the Wii U? Why is it just not took off? Right,
2: first off, Americans are stupid. I'm sorry, America, but if you think that the Wii U is just the gamepad and it's an accessory <laughs> for the fucking Wii... You've got a problem,
1: okay? It's a different console. Again, I think that the problem there is the Wii, the first Wii, targeted families, and Nintendo did drop a bit, which upset quite a few hardcore gamers. They dropped their hardcore fan base to, to target families, and that was where the Wii was mainly going. You still had your hardcore games, yep. but they weren't as, say, prominent as the uh, the family-based games. So because of that, you've got a lot of mums and dads and people that are probably aren't even into gaming that are buying the Wii for their kid, They're looking at the Wii U. I think that's where most of that is coming from. It's coming from parents that aren't even into the... So, you know, in a way, it's kind of understandable. Because if if these parents don't really game themselves, they're not ready to know, are they? But I also think there's an issue with advertising. There's um, not much of it going on at the moment. And Nintendo needs to pull their finger out with that. The American advertising
2: is absolutely horrible.
1: Um, I mean, they are bigger in Japan, they'll always be bigger in Japan, and I think again, going to where their losses and that, that'll be their saving grace. Their Japanese market is massive. Their so, saving
2: grace is going to be when they actually release the heavy hit titles, they released a the console a year in advance. Of everything I have to admit, else, I mean,
0: I'm
1: tempted the fact out. that the fact
2: that so got... there's a
0: marketing mistake on their part, they've had some titles ready to go on it.
2: Yeah, they should have had, they should have had a hardcore Mario title rather than New Super Mario Brothers U they should have had a Metroid game they should have had an F-Zero considering game considering
1: the strength of their franchises and the fact that they've been able to get away with pushing them out for years absolutely it should have been a Zelda a Metroid a Mario yeah. and so on and so forth I mean look seriously I know people that bought Wii U
2: just to get hold of uh, Super Mario 3D World yeah sold like you wouldn't fucking believe I they- have to admit
1: I went into that game with not great expectations, and I bloody loved it. It's absolutely really good fun. Did I mention
2: last time that the kids beat that now? Yeah. They beat it uh, in a month.
1: Bloody hell. Yeah. See, what? and I'm, I'm one of these people that's a fan of couch game, and I like sitting around on the couch with my mates and playing games because I'm not so Nintendo fond of playing online. And that game gave me the ability to do that again, and that, that I really enjoyed. Nintendo do multiplayer right. They do. People are always going to complain, oh, there's... They do complain about the online being shit, which is there's a fair no, argument. There's but... no
2: online multiplayer, yes, there is, you're just not using it. Monster Hunter has online multiplayer, Call of Duty has online multiplayer, and a lot of these a lot of these third party developers I hate to say it, guys, they're taking it out. Yeah. Oh, but there's no there's no online multiplayer base. If you take it out, how the fuck are they gonna get one? Yeah. You can't build a multiplayer structure if you're gonna keep on taking out the multiplayer component. You can't use that as an excuse. You have to try it, otherwise they're not No-one's going to use
1: it. I'm tempted to pick one up. I don't have one yet, but, I mean, playing that Mario game, that kind of made me think, oh, okay. I'm Wonderful 101, I'm a big Cameo fan, and I'm a big fan of, like, Henshin Heroes and comic books and stuff like that. And I played the demo of it, and I watched a couple of videos and things of it, and it looks bloody awesome. So, we've got Mario Kart coming out in May. Right. Bayonetta
2: Two's coming out this year. Again, another Cameo title. We've got Smash Brothers is coming out.
1: When those games come out... Smash Bros. or console is going to ship it's... like you wouldn't I mean, I'm not a big Smash Bros. fan myself, but it's a huge game. Lots yes. of people enjoy it.
2: Should the Wii U be cheaper and sold without the gamepad? I don't think so. A lot of people say that it should be, but there are games that need it. Yeah. They sound but they could patch that
1: out. They could, but it'll kind of ruin them. I, I like mean. the touchpad thing. I mean, I like touchpad controls when they're done right. Yeah. Obviously, they're not done right more often than not, but the Vita has some fantastic touchpad controls really really good and yeah so does Wii U I mean to mention wonderful 101 the touchpad controls on that are very good zombie U I quite liked having
2: the second screen because to actually look at my inventory I had to look at the screen which would mean I was looking away from the from the telly and by looking away from the telly I wasn't looking at that zombie one bunch on my fucking face so that kind of that's how you build
1: tension Square Enix yeah sorry
2: (laughs) negativity It's a good system, just the marketing's horrible, and um, you know, just Americans are dumb.
0: I I think you're right about the marketing because I reckon if I went and spoke to average John on the street, I would say, "Have you heard of an Xbox One?" They'd probably say, "Yeah, I've heard of Xbox." Or yeah, yeah, even they can't name who makes it. The point is, have you heard of PlayStation? Yeah, heard of the Ryu. Didn't I, that come out last generation? That's what a lot of
2: people are thinking.
0: Yeah, and do you think the mistake they made was you launched too early? Do you think they'd have been better off waiting and either laying the first batch of the Xbox PS4, have its day, get stuff out of the way, once the initial tidal wave is gone, then launch three or will no. it launch it
2: two or three months before? I think they should have released it. All they needed to do was release an actual Mario game with it.
1: That's it. I mean, I personally would go one step further and say Zelda has surpassed Mario in popularity, at least over here, maybe some not so much in Japan, I don't know. But over here, Zelda is massive. There are people who aren't even that into video games that love Zelda. It's actually been coined as being the girlfriend game, because a lot of guys who... I get with girls and stuff a lot. I'm into gaming the first game they'll come up with is oh I love Zelda Zelda's a game that everybody knows and everybody loves so see but that's the
2: thing though if they'd have said probably, like a Zelda game over a Mario game then I wouldn't have bought it no because I mean I don't get me wrong I love Zelda games, but the Wii was originally for my kids. Yeah, and my kids ain't gonna play a Zelda game. They're gonna play a Mario game. Well, I suppose. Yeah. It's, I mean, um, perhaps
0: the Zelda games are seem a bit more of a mature in the game, whereas Mario is a very. I, reckon, I mean, when I was a kid,
1: Zelda was would have been what was very good. But then again, I mean, I've always been into fantasy and stuff, even from a very young age. Graphically, Zelda is a. You gotta think my kids are only three and
2: four years yeah. old. So to see them running around with a sword jabbing it into a skeleton, something that is actually visibly a skeleton or a wolf that's gonna, you know, maul you. Yeah. I would really rather
1: they not play Yeah, I that suppose then again thinking of that, like Zelda was very different when I was a kid. Yeah, it
2: was I mean, my kids have played Zelda on the NES. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily look like you're actually impaling someone no. in that. Ocarina of or, Time being a fairly dark game as well. Yeah, or you know, drowning, drowning people in that. Because I mean, when Link drowns, it's pretty kind of. It sounds really stupid, but it's kind of graphic. Kind of Sorry, this you, you just, just you're just over.
1: making me think of the overly sexual Lara Croft drowning scene where she's all oh, and she's drowning. Yeah, and so, you're like, okay, I'm no, sure she wouldn't be making that noise if she's drowning. You know, that's a bit <laughs> extreme. But I mean, the reason I got the Wii U was for Monster Hunter. Yeah, 3, see, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm only a recent sort of player of Monster Hunter. I picked it up on PSP or PSV or PS Vita, the PSP version, because it was cheap yeah. recently. And I never played it, but my, my girlfriend loves Monster Hunter. It's a game she swears by. has been telling me to play it for ages. And I played the one on the 3DS. So I played the demo of it. Wasn't overly fond of it. And I got this new one, and I'm trying to like it i'm not disliking it at the moment actually it's just this piqued my curiosity i'm sort of going into it positively and uh yeah i don't know i'll have to get back to you on that one but it's looking quite cool so far no i I like i like monster hunter titles that's definitely one i can't and another thing is people who say oh you like dark souls you probably like monster hunter based on the combat being similar can i just say um ragnarok odyssey is one i picked up recently and that's quite that reminds me a lot of Monster Hunter but kind of a little bit more because I had a demo for it and I was like it didn't really grab me it's not
2: bad you have to really play it to get into it but I don't honestly think Nintendo's going to go anywhere I really don't I don't think they need to cut the the cost of the console I don't think they should get rid of the gamepad because there's some really cool stuff on the gamepad
1: and actually their gamepad's damn comfortable considering
2: Mm, what it it looks like considering the size it is a very very comfortable control pad could it be better sure could it be much worse? Hell Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, some of the features they have, one of that is they're not in all games, but some games are really made better with it. And the play off the telly thing is pretty nice. Yeah. I understand that a lot of people who, ha- who don't have... Kids probably won't use that as much. It's like, oh, it's my system, where already own it. Nintendo's TV. obviously yeah.
1: going to be hated by a lot of people based on the fact that it is what they would call kiddie and it's yeah. going to get knocked for that. There's going to be gamers are like, oh, when you get PS3, like, you know. No, that's, well, I do that, think Nintendo well, has a
0: bit of an issue that it is food now as a kids' game console. It because, is. particularly, I say, the way it the Wii. The Wii uh, and when people think think They do think Mario. And Mario is a kid's character, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, truthfully, Um, it was was a time when they all had kid characters. You know, you had Sonic with Sega. But what saved that is the fact that Sonic is no Sega don't make consoles anymore. So Sonic is now just a brand They have another, which in fairness is
2: Sega's own fault. Yeah, but that's that's that was a PR problem, not
1: oh
0: yes,
2: not the quality of the games and such and more the hardware and stupid things Sega still
1: makes bloody awesome games. There's still some good
2: stuff coming from Sega. Yeah. But when you guys were saying about the whole PlayStation 3, Xbox One, or PlayStation 4 thing, they've actually found that a lot of store clerks or whatever will actually try to convince people not to buy a Wii U for no reason. None at all. Half of the shit doesn't even hold water. And then they end up, buy a fucking PlayStation 4. Buy an Xbox One. They are purposely pushing people away.
1: Yeah, I was that, reading uh, something about this, actually, about there being people from Microsoft that were getting involved in this, and that there was a little bit of scheming going on on their part to get consoles shifted. I can't remember exactly what it said. Microsoft but... were paying
2: YouTube partners to All right. say good things about the Xbox One, but what they... There are so many things wrong with the Xbox One.
1: When the Xbox One launched, my friend got one launch night, and I took the piss out of him all I did, night. I <laughs> you know a lot of people canceled
2: PlayStation 4 orders to get When Xbox I saw Killer
1: 1. Instinct in action, I laughed myself silly.
2: Yeah, none of the... Right, okay. Looking at the library, I don't care what anyone fucking says. This is my opinion. I look at the PlayStation 4 library... I look at the Xbox One library as it stands, and I know they've only been out for a few months, and the Wii U's had a hell of a head start. The lib- the strongest library, in my opinion, is the Wii U. And the, the library that will be strongest by the end me, of this year will moment, be Wii U.
1: Wii U has Wonderful 101 that grabs my attention, but PS4 has the new Yakuza game, and that is really going to suck me in because I love that series. Xbox has nothing. It'll probably always have nothing for me. This is not really targeted to my real demographic. But Yeah. I definitely think this one,
2: in my opinion, again, I think this one's going to be between Nintendo and Sony. I really do wish that that Microsoft would just bow out because they produce crap.
1: I think they do for consoles. I think Microsoft does, it should have stuck to PC, uh, yeah. really. I mean, they, they still obviously do good stuff for PC, but console-wise, no, maybe not.
0: Show me our to you. Flashback. The only section that has a jingle. <laughs> we can really call it a jingle, but it's cool.
2: You didn't say Thunder Tits.
3: Thunder Tits. That's better. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Flashback. Wait, what are, what are we I've, I've gone to Oh yeah. Oh god. I have to now be positive about saying total biscuit.
1: <clears throat> oh dear! Yeah, so
2: last time we said Total Biscuit was a uh, had a character or avatar in a game. Pineapple Smash Crew was one of them. So basically, if you typed in your name as TB or Total Biscuit, the character would get a top hat and monocle.
1: Right. It was gay. Like Total Biscuit created top hat and to monocle. No,
2: but it's just based on his avatar. Yeah, worldwide. yeah, no, no, no. I'll,
1: the I'll cynical, being
2: facetious. So fuck I hate that guy. <sighs> I mean positivity. Yay.
3: <laughs>
1: like I, shh, fuck you like a shit Monopoly man <laughs> 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 and uh, then I found uh,
2: Knights of the Round on the Super Nintendo because you mentioned and that is one of my favourite games of
1: all time and you recommend them that we play it on the arcade we should play it yeah I mean it needs to be done it's, it's great it's a good three player arcade game so yeah all three of us could play that together that
0: would be pretty good it's pretty hard. <laughs> we have to build an arcade cab now Go for it. Come on. I'll, I'll say some wood. <laughs> yeah, but yeah I mean, Capcom's Corona
1: Beat'em Up's big thing. I love them.
2: What was the other one
1: that was A like... Myth, I love. You put two of my favourite things together, there you go, Knights of the Round, fantastic. What was... The... There was another one like Knights of the Round, but I can't remember what was. You've the... got the two Dungeons and Dragons games, uh, Shadow of Mystara and uh, Tower of Doom, which coincidentally George Camatani works on, and they were the basis for Dragon's Crown, my favourite game, so... Positivity. Um, Positivity. There's quite a few. He uh, did. Uh, they did King of Dragons as well, which plays similar to Lords of the Round, and that's like sort of fantasy adventure fighting game. Um, are we speaking specifically a Capcom game here?
2: Uh, I have no idea. It was a side scroll them up. No. It had five characters, and I
1: can't remember the name of it. It oh, just reminded me a lot of what? What five characters were there? I can't remember. <laughs> You're not you helping me much own here. Own there, there, there's so many scroll and beat-em-ups with lots of characters. Oh, so, uh, especially in the 16-bit era, anyway. Right. So. You're not talking about Knights of Valor, are you? The Dynasty Warriors-esque one. Romantic Three Kingdoms one. Maybe. Yeah, well, you have... I don't know! <laughs> okay. I'll tell you in the next episode. There's, there's, yeah. lots, there's lots
0: of cool scroll and beat ups <laughs> So we're going to have a flashback on the flashback? Oh, of course. Perfect. Fair enough. Explosion. <laughs> I think that was... That's it, flashback. That's handy. Wow. That's a quick flashback. Right. Right. We're now on to my favourite section. Apologies for the rustling of paper. Weird news. Mm. I love this section. We've all had... I've never had anything personally stolen from me. Maybe some sort of dignity at some point in my life. (laughs) 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 Nearly £6,000 worth of Viagra has been stolen from military reserves since 2007, according to government figures. Military was. Military was. That's what I thought I first had. The first thing that popped into
1: my head is here is my rifle, here is my gun, this is for fighting. Yeah. 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 No, seriously, when you said that, I was like,
2: did I just hear that?
0: Right? I must be tired or something. Maybe I'm just. The IOSA has been stolen, apart from the anti impotence pills, 100 bayonets, 1,000 round of ammunition. A television and a karaoke. Somebody's going to have a good time. <laughs> a karaoke <laughs> week and an industrial washing machine. presuming it's for the aftermath. <laughs> I want to know who managed to steal an industrial washing machine. I mean, how? It's how a hell of a fucking job. Yeah, they were quick to point out that Viagra was used for conditions such as low blood pressure and altitude sickness, <laughs> sickness. but so I'm worrying, this is festive equipment from nuclear submarines. Right. So, it's, from nuclear submarines is Viagra. Well, mm, I'm not, not always to pass these aspersions and, and and encourage any... Uh, watch what you say <laughs> here, any, any stereotypes onto our Submariners. This is my job to watch South, people, not yeah, yours. That's why I'm going to let Luke deal with the next session. It was actually, they found the response was from a parliamentary Christian... Cr- Christian? Question. <laughs> parliamentary Christian? <laughs> <laughs> Question from Conservative MP Nick DeBoas. He asked what was going on. Um, <laughs> mainly because he wanted to get in on this action. Great name. <laughs> this fest was significant growth between 2009 and 2010, with £2.5 million pounds of equipment going missing, while just only £816,000 worth of kid between 2012 and 2013. So that's gone down. The, figure, the figures released following the case of Sergeant Major Stephen Barrett, who was last week jailed for 20 months for trying to sell 115 grams worth of Army night vision kit on eBay. <laughs> Sweet. That's great, I love people do that. But still the only thing they're going to get caught. I'm also going to do a bit of mocking of this next one, but after what happened tonight, trying to get here for the podcast, I don't think I can really sort of mock it too much. Oh, on, this is going to be funny. Come on, yeah. let's do this. Uh, a southwest, this is in America, a southwest airline's flight from Chicago is under investigation after it landed at the wrong airport. Seven miles from its intended destination. Seven
2: miles, considering how high
0: up you yeah. are and how little an the Yeah, but, you know, you they, they do have guidance beacons to sort of point in the right, right Where was this again? again? America. There you go. Thank okay. you. Uh, 413 four a Boeing seven three seven seven hundred carrying hand for passengers and five crew was scheduled to fly from Chicago Midway International Airport to Boston at uh, Branson not Boston Branson Airport Missouri. I'm supposed to be going there this year. That'll be fun. Don't <laughs> get make sure oh. the parts has gone map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure he's got his tom-toms set up. <laughs> now, <laughs> they landed at Tiny Court County Airport instead on a runway that's still only half the size. The runway's only seven hundred feet. The runway they were meant to go to is 7,140 feet. At the moment, it's unclear why the flight went to the wrong airport. Well... You missed. You went to the wrong airport. I mean, <laughs> he missed. That's the best way to say it he he's missed. Right? I mean, he Need to play more pilot says, wings. It's unclear at the moment. Why? Don't you just go and ask the pilot. How the hell did you end up at the wrong airport? Yeah. Well, you've got, you've got a map. You've got a. Map. How did you manage it? Um, they have launched an investigation. Uh, it was apparently one of the passengers says um, as soon as they touched down the pilot applied the brake very hard, forcibly probably indicating he knew it was going wrong. Before the flight attendant announcement, welcome to Branson. A few minutes later, the pilot said, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you this, we've landed at the wrong airport. Oh, seriously, I would love to have seen the
2: look on that pilot's face when he realised the runway was so short. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What if I can take off and they won't notice? (laughs) Well, this is what I find, okay? The company sent, like, tag planes and stuff to pick them up they're in a bloody plane <laughs> fly there <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear yeah so it's, uh, no, uh, the plane itself was able to take off again but believe it or not this is the second time in two months this has happened what same airline or no different uh, this is, no it's a different airline a Boeing 747 Dreamliner which is supposed to live parts to McConnell Air Force Base in Richerker Kansas landed nine miles north at Colonel James Jabara Airport Second time nine months. I mean uh Well, in fairness, at least you didn't
2: say, well, they ended up taking a dive in the sea and yet they were supposed to be flying inland.
0: What I (laughs) want is is the pilot I would love to what I'd like to have been found more interesting is like say when the pilot said, Do you know what? I'm going to Branson. Don't wear Branton's like. let's assume Branson's a horrible place. I don't really want to go there. This place is a bit nice. I'll go there instead and just blame on error. Have you ever had something sent to you by accident? Or maybe you've sent something and got to the wrong place by accident? Either you, you? No? Yeah, Yeah, okay. Feel bad for some, for these people, these, well, best example, these drug barons. Whatever. Please have record covered 140 kilos of cocaine, which had been shipped in a banana crate by accident to an Aldi store in Germany. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Works. I'll oh, say five oldie stores. Works at five stores around Berlin. Found the drugs among packages of. That's when that was like, going to turn yeah. up eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. This It's being called a, logistic, a logistical mistake by smugglers. <laughs> I want to know why have the smugglers got a spokesperson. <laughs> well it has been? A, I be, it's like when I remember when I found out once Taliban had a, a spokesperson. Could you imagine calling up the PR company on that one?
2: Yeah. Hey guys, we fucked up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just I they've got yeah a PR yeah he's basically. A PR company, hello Hello smugglers. Oh I love it. It's so, like
2: hey guys, um have you got their names? You know, you are the PR company for these guys. Well, I can't say a
0: thing. Yeah. Hi, I want to um I want to do an interview with your um head Kingpin. Would you mind awfully if I just have his address and his details when he's in the country next, please? Yeah, sure. I'll book you next Tuesday. You bastards.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, it Um almost reminds me of that pirate that you said, um, they said they were going to do a documentary on his life, Yes. and off he went, and but, he got busted. Yeah, for
0: Brazil. It was what's it Brazil? No, it was um, Oh, no country beginning to be Belgium. For, 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 <laughs> a, for
2: <laughs> a second, I swear no. you're either going to say the Bermuda Triangle or Burma. Bit
0: of a jump. No, Belgium. <laughs> no, um, he um, yeah, he. Uh, this is from episode four, and he um was told he'd previously held up a Belgian fishing vessel and held at ransom, sold about the crew back from ransom to Belgium. A uh, few years later, a Belgian film company, I did put air quotes up there, if anyone couldn't guess, um, asked, If you couldn't see that. If you couldn't see that. <laughs> film company asked him to go and do a film on his life, so I invited him to Belgium. So he flew over there, and as he got off playing, the piece, arrested him. Winning. Winning. I mean, fucking uh, idiot. <sighs> holy hell. I'm thick, but Jesus Christ. Some of these people are just, oh, uh, mad. <laughs> Uh, police address worth five million come from Colombia at the of Hamburg where they trucks and sent to Berlin. Uh, he said apparently this is the biggest drug find in the last 20 years. Wouldn't it be funny if it had something to do with that dodgy pilot?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is why he landed at the wrong airport. They're so the all connected. He also robbed
1: the military. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> he robbed the military base and then tried to sell it all on eBay.
3: Yeah.
1: Well. Washing machine filled with Viagra. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hardly used. <laughs> hardly used. <laughs> Viagra. Yeah. Watch a machine. They're both. Only, <laughs> only I mean, he stole seven million pounds. worth. he's not going to be able to use ball of like it, is he? You'd be surprised. <laughs> if it was a Viagra, it'd be semi-used. Oh, oh, boom, boom. Now you remember? I'm going to cast your mind back to episode two. Oh, that was okay. ages ago. Do that you remember? Was that was way past my memory. <laughs> <laughs> episode two. Way back we discussed about how we were about to, but uh, Britain was under siege from speedy snails. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, so they discovered snails can move up to a meter an hour.
2: Yeah, terrifyingly fast. It's we are all well. Didn't I'm have
0: something f- to do with dogs. dogs. Yes, Can't something with dogs. See. Yeah, yeah. They've called in reinforcements. Holy hell! We've finally called in the Americans. No, because snails have. Oh, shh. There is a ghost ship, supposedly crewed by hundreds of cannibal rats, heading to British shores. I heard about this. Experts fear. The Lebrow Oliver cruise ship, named after a Russian actress, has been drifting north over the past 12 months. Coast guards now believe the floating derelict cut loose near Canada in 2013 which could be driven thousands of miles towards Britain to find the recent storms. This is according to the Sun, to be fair. <laughs> Okay. Was uh, there a big picture of tits next to it? I don't know. If I've only got the text version. Oh damn it! No. Plus, Cannibal uh, rats. That as- as- is all. Yeah. <laughs> as- 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 Asky tits will be on there next. <laughs> um, right. Researcher Belden de Road said she's floating around there somewhere. Thank you for that useful bit of information. Wow! Um, there'll be lots of rats and they eat each other. Okay. If I if I get aboard, I'll have to place everywhere poison. That just sounds like the star of a really good <laughs> film. He got the one man goes aboard a cannibal rat ship. And next they're going to say, nuke it from space. Space like on a plane, world. rats on a ship. There yeah. you go. There you go, that's the follow-up. Someone was, was setting it yeah. up. It was being towed to the minimum public uh, to be scrapped last year in the tow line after a bro- broken rough seas. The Canadian government then sent a ship to drag out to sea and release it. I love the Canadian version. It's like, just sort of push it that way and not worry about Look, it, it. it's, it's too, nice to it's too close to home. Get it the fuck yeah, out I like to think we'll of these it.
1: rats actually
0: becoming pirates, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pirate rats on the oceans. Uh, oh my. The Irish Coast... An Irish Coast Guard has said it was spotted 1,300 nautical miles off island last year. So it's getting closer. It's taking um, its fucking time. It's, yes, it says, as there have been huge storms in recent months, but it takes a lot to think of us that big, he says. We must stay vigilant. So I think the snails are calling the rats in his reinforcements. That makes sense. Although... It takes a lot to sink something like nice. this. Seriously?
2: No, it doesn't. Put so, a human in charge of it for more than fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, chances of it there's um I
0: believe there's a captain in Spain at the moment who's he's he's open for offers. Um his recent v- vessel was the Costa de Sol, was it? I'm sure he'd come and give you a hand. Or, I don't know, you know, we've got loads of submarines. Uh, we know they've they're sure by accuracy, so need some sort of keeping eyes occupied. <laughs> I'm sure they could go out there, you know, they probably quite happy to blow something up. Just torpedo, so difficult. torpedo it. I'm sure somebody could do it. Yeah, but that'd cost money. Seriously. you know what?
1: Cannibal rats, that's hell As fruit. a comic book fan, all I've ever heard is people give Aquaman shit. He's actually quite useful, man. Yeah, right now we can do him.
0: Right now, for once in his life, Aquaman... <laughs> He's finally got a mission. Ah, but it'll be all right if he actually gets on the boat. Dun-dun-dun... <laughs> Now I feel, I picked this story, because it's a good combination, because it combines your love of cameras, and my love of animals, and pigs, and sheep, and livestock. So basically, someone's recording some kind of dodgy
2: snuff film. Mm, no. Oh, so no one's throwing anyone to the pigs. Okay. okay.
1: Mm,
0: Animal farm, part two. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this has actually been viral on YouTube, so you might have seen this. A GoPro, which I believe is a company, camera company, you buy... Yep, yeah, we've got some GoPro stuff here. A camera has survived a fall into a pig pen. Easy this YouTube you, really you uh, A farmer in US found a muck, but they actually said in the newspaper mud covered. Trust me, if it's in a pig pen, it'll be muck covered. They don't have mud in pig pens, it's all shit. <laughs> I've moved enough of it to know it's all shit. Uh, covered GoPro camera in a pig pen, and when through the footage saw a skydive gone wrong. Oops. A uh, camera survived to form hundreds of feet from a skydiving plane land in the pig pen. First, then shows the, camera, shows the camera inside the plane before falling out taking about 40 seconds to hit the ground whereupon pigs come over and proceed to try and eat it. Because pigs do that. They do try and eat anything that falls in their pen. So you get some, the some nice footage of the inside of the pig's mouth. It then lay there eight months before being discovered by a farmer, Mia Munsell. Marvelous. So it turns out GoPros are quite good
2: cameras yeah yeah they survive pigs and great drops I have seen quite a few videos of gopros falling from skydivers and planes and, and stuff like that it's crazy what surprised me is how many of these actually get found and the ones that get lost at sea found
0: yeah. by rats yeah yeah there's, there's probably a couple <laughs> of on the boat. I just think there's a copra out there or like, like a single steel gopro there's <laughs> just rats taking drunk pictures of themselves <laughs> selfies rat selfies this, yeah <laughs> <laughs> sort of drunken nights sort of like rat a pirate <laughs> selfies <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, jumping all these rats all sort of lined up, you know, sort of fancy dress. <gasps> shit,
2: that's where all the Viagra's going, man. The rats have
0: pinched it. The
1: rat parties. <laughs> Damn,
0: but that's what it well, was. They're c- just taking shitloads of Viagra and going for rides in the washing machine. <laughs> <are they? laughs> wow well, this is a wheel. This is a wheel. They yeah. just turn on the side, and there's a big wheel. They probably somehow
2: managed to rig it up with the hand of the We've navy to power the case.
0: stuff. We've sorted
1: it. You heard it here first. Fuck Scooby Doing the Mystery Machine. <laughs> we know where it's at.
0: Now, Luke, earlier today you mentioned that you're looking at getting yourself a house. Yes. Property. I believe I might have found somewhere for you. Can I just quickly say the amount of times we
2: have mentioned houses with drug dens that I could have got and i have just going to <laughs> complain that I can't afford a camera but I want to buy a house.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well... I found this property. you like it. It's a nice and quiet area. It is. Yes. well-insulated, so you're not going to sound insulated as well, so there won't be too much noise. There's no so free to...
2: drug club with this one as well. No, there's
0: no drug club. And also, you'll be safe in front of a nuclear holocaust the hell kind of bunker are you trying to sell me a boy? nuclear bunker sweet a secret underground emergency bunker built to protect central services in the event of a nuclear war is being auctioned off by the water and sewage company Southwest Water. it's not very really secret anymore yeah, I was going then, to say it? no secret <laughs> bunker that everyone now knows well no you can actually go and view it on the estate website it's in New Newquay it was constructed in 1978 during the Cold War it was to allow experts they actually put experts not just anybody experts our Southwest Water Forge to maintain water and suit operations at the end of a nuclear holocaust. Now, isn't me, but if there's a nuclear <laughs> holocaust, would you really be saying, well, it's okay, guys, we've got no food, electricity, water, we've got no food, electricity, but we can flush the toilets? GG. Now, what I know is it's on to have 16 people running it. Who are these 16 people who have said to themselves, I could be at home a family comforting them, or a could go work for Westwater shovel- pumping poo for the next 18 months. Do you know months? how in Fallout,
1: all the little places, the Fallout shelters all have their uh, own little thing going on? Yeah, really, that's what
0: this one was. Yeah, it was. 16 people, 7 operations, 6 in the communications room, communicating with who? <laughs> the dead. Yeah, and 3 in the control room. That must be their call centre. <laughs> I've well complained about my water supply. Yep, we'll pass it on for you. Uh, guide At price, least you know the call center's in the UK. Yeah, guide price of £50,000. That's not bad. That's bad. Uh, other features include several blast-proof doors. Sweet. An airlock, decontamination room, a dining room, recreation room, and two dormitories. Can I just say that probably after
2: this podcast, we are going to need a bunker of some kind to keep people away from murdering us. <laughs> That's all right. We haven't no. died yet. No, and a I decontamination
1: really. room from when the rats arrive. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a decontamination room to filter out all of the
0: stupid... Fabulous in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Blake, who worked for the authority, said, I remember the government said we had to provide underground control center in case of an emergency which was bomb and nuclear proof. It wasn't fully kitted out, which is to slight. There's no furniture in there. But I'm so happy you could have lived in there for weeks. I mean... Come on, guys. You can put least put some beds in. No furniture in there. I'm Yeah. and They wanted it to be, you know, bomb-proof and all this kind of shit. They wanted it to be ready
2: for the second that shit dropped. So we didn't finish it.
0: Yeah. You know, right. right. The company property manager, Chris Scheplad, Land, added, "'We regularly auction redundant assets to reduce our costs "'and keep customers' bills as low as possible. But this is the first time we've offered a genuine piece of Cold War history.' I love when people, you get the spokespeople who come up and say things like, yeah, we do it to keep our customers' bills low. It's all for the customers, not to give us more money. It's like the PR guy for the uh, drug pushers. Yeah. <laughs> same company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same, same, same PR company. guy. They've just um, started a new contract with some rats on a boat. Yeah. They were getting Viagra from the Navy?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. You know how it goes? Cannibal Viagra rats. All bought. Then <laughs> well,
2: that is a movie waiting to happen. I reckon... That landing was probably some dodgy practice flight to try and get the Viagra to the rats. Could be. Airdrop.
0: <laughs> I reckon you're right there.
2: And then the nukes go off. And then we all suffer because no one can get to the bombshell. That's where the rats are trying to go. They just haven't quite got the hang of using yeah. their own controls well, yet. Well,
0: the point is for several to steer. I, should, I think this could be an excellent sequel to Ratatouille.
2: You are aware that by the time they get here, they've probably like, and we'll all be long dead. We've we'll all been nuked. They'll still be alive. They'll they be over. walking
1: on the hind legs. Yeah, yeah,
2: they'll be.
0: Like, they'll get here. And I think. Oh, bugger! We're going to invade this place and already dead. Bastards! Well, that bombshell will look all right. <laughs> yeah, we can have some fun here. No fun, is' Actually, I think actually um, Richard Dawkins suggested. Although I'm not I'm not a fan of him, he did suggest that. um And net a a good chance of survival, if like enough for another life form to evolve into a higher life form, like we evolved. Uh, rats are, rats are a good bet. He wins that rats are a good bet for evolving because of the way they are, the way they breed, the way he could see them. Obviously, they have a long way to go, but he could see them evolving to a state where they could be our replacement. Marvelous. So basically, we are rats. Skaven. Skaven, yes. the ship is Skaven. They will
1: become Skaven by the time I get here. Yeah. We've, they'll have evolved the Skaven. Quick, quick. Neek,
0: neek.
2: <laughs> Rock on guard runners. Sorry, I'm going for blood bowl now.
0: So Gert was in all old Skaven, had them as well. You can't meet your Clan Pestilence, though, without plague furnaces. And they gas themselves.
1: <laughs> I was like Clan Sky, and they had their little rattling machine gun. I was always a fan of Eshin, personally. Yeah. And so now we are somehow managed to go back to tabletop gaming. We, we do need to have a tabletop section. Yes. Games we're looking forward to, tabletop gaming. Is yeah, this going to be the post show show? Yes. But yeah, I mean, I've always been... D&D has always been my game. I was always into pen and paper gaming and tabletop gaming. But recently I got a gift for Christmas, which was a Discworld board game. And I really rather quite liked it. But I was watching reviews and stuff of it. And I started seeing reviews for other games. So I haven't been played tabletop games in a while, so... I started to find really good recent tabletop games. Uh, The one I picked up was Shadows Over Camelot, which is an eight-player cooperative game. So effectively, you're playing against the game itself. And how you do that is your first move each turn is you play the enemy. So you have to do what they call the progression of evil. And you pick one of three things... Um, to do which will be of detriment to you and that's like evil's move and then your, you then get your move which is where you do something good as one of your knights because you've got eight knights I think the expansion gives nine so you're playing cooperatively. cooperatively but the trick is at the beginning of the game you're given loyalty cards each player gets one and then i would show them off you just get dealt one randomly and you look and one of the loyalty cards is a traitor so one of you effectively is using the the progression of evil to try and prevent the other players from winning because the only way, the way to win is a traitor is obviously for everybody else to lose. It's a fantastic game, very good. And there's not many games that allow for that many players. Most games are generally five to six players or between three and six. Mm. So to have a game that gives you eight or nine players, very good. And it's it's relatively quick as well, providing you're playing it because well, we did a few test runs of it and it took a while to get the rules down. But once we've got it done, you can get a game done in
0: about an hour, an hour and a half, something like that. Um, Sounds quite cool.
1: It's very good.
0: It makes me think of the um, Battlestar Galactica board game. All right. Because that's got a very similar mechanic, because I don't think you watched the new series version. I haven't version. seen it. One of the key sort of plot points is that there are silence that can look human, and it's about, they don't know, initially, they know there's some silence in their mints, 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 not in their mints, because that would be cannibalism. In their midst, which are who, which look like humans, and they might not even know they're Cylons. They might be the sleeper agents. So it's about how they have to go about knowing there could be a traitor amongst them, and they have thought it's all this paranoia about who's a traitor. Yeah. Well, Barside Ladder has a similar out. You get, you're given loyalty cards, and you look at them, and you might be a Cylon. Yeah. But what's quite clever about it is that you get given loyalty cards twice. So the deck is stacked, so there's at least one Cylon in every game. But you get one set of lords, and you get basically two sets. So there's four players, like eight cards in the set. So you each get a card each. So it's possible the first set of the game, you're, or, you also think, oh, I'm human, I'm human, or human. Yeah, it's the same with, uh, with Shadows yeah. of Camelot, yeah. So you also, like, oh, that's great, yeah, okay, and you play cooperatively. The, the next set of cards, and at that point, one of you is going to be viewed as a Cylon Super Agent. So now you've got to then change your gameplay from being, okay I'm um, not human now I've got to keep seeing that I'm human but at the same time sabotage the efforts yeah that's quite clever that is good nice game. yeah that's cool that takes a bit longer you could probably if you once you got if you got good people who knew the rules inside out because it's quite a complicated game it's the game. same with this one yeah. you have to know the rules really well to sort of get through it quicker you get it down because the first game we played at home family took us nearly four hours and we didn't actually we only got halfway through but I know from reading online, you can get down to about two and a half hours. Yeah. One of the yeah. other games we picked up, a friend
1: of mine picked this one up, because so we've all been buying them, was a game called King of Tokyo. That's a very, very, very popular game. It's won quite a few awards. That game can be completed in 30 minutes. But it's a fantastic game. It's all dice-based. You, you've got a spoof of characters like King Kong and Godzilla and all these giant monsters, and you're all fighting to take control of Tokyo. And yeah, you can do that relatively quickly. It's a fun little game. Sounds good. Might be worth
2: it So I'd like to, I would actually like to go back to the old uh, the college days when we weren't rolling for D&D characters. Because one, I want to play through Tomb of Horrors. Yeah. So just want to try that at some point.
1: I do love D&D. Yeah, good old bit of pen and paper gaming. I've never actually properly played a game. No, never? Never.
0: The trouble I always had was um, getting enough people who actually invested enough in it to play it, yeah, and it's really hard to get because uh, you need at least all sort of, five people. With. Yeah, one who Dungeon to play four and that is really hard. We have got a small friends base because most most people I know wouldn't be interested in it at all. Mm-hmm. Um So it's really hard to get. I will a, have to, have to get introduce you guys to some of my friends. I've so got quite a big group of friends that are into
1: all this kind of stuff, so we can have quite big. Yeah. Game nights. I mean, and I was quite lucky to have grown up around people like that too because I used to have some very good Dungeons and Dragons games. We had a guy who was about three years older than us that used to play, and he was the best DM I've ever had. Very, very good. Knew the game inside out. Very good storyteller. So the games would be thematically fun as well as just through sort of the mechanics of the game itself. Yeah, we'll have to play a game. Good stuff. Good stuff. Do you know if they
2: still sell the Thud game? I think they do i have to pick that up some point trying to throw that there Discord Book yeah oh, I know
1: game I... within a game or g- game within the story isn't it they play that in the actual story it's actually story.
0: based on a. Um, I think it's actually based on a Viking game oh it's interesting I believe it's actually based on I think it's slightly odd but I think it's actually based on a Viking game it's based cool. on a Viking
2: game raping pillaging burning.
1: By... <laughs> But yeah, I picked up... What other ones have I got? I've just got Lords of War, deep. (laughs) Quite a funny story. I did order it ages ago, and I got the expansion at the same time, but I got the expansion through Amazon because they didn't have the original game, but the other shop I found had a copy. Turns out they didn't have it either. They'd lost it. So for the last few weeks... Everywhere has not got it. I'm quite surprised because it's a popular game. Nowhere has it. You could it just be that they're selling out faster than they can. they I getting mean, maybe. I maybe. Mean, but I managed to track one down to some place in Oxford, and they seem like a nice place, independent store. No way of buying online, so I contacted them through phone. A little bit eccentric, but that's what I like. So it gets good to this cool little eccentric game store and pick this game up. That'll be another good one where I was playing, though. I mean, um, D&D, you must be familiar with Wardeep. No, mm. never played Neverwinter. I have. I don't. Oh, well, you gotta I've think. Played. This is this is. Last time I played Neverwinter was so right. long well, ago. Waterdeep is a city that um, one of the cities in. Uh, oh, no, it's not in Neverwinter. It's in one of the other games. Not if it's in one of the Baldur's Gates actually. But um, I've Water, heard of the name. Waterdeep is a big that. city in because uh, Neverwinter is obviously one of the big cities. Baldur's Gates is one of the big cities. Waterdeep is another big city within the Fog Forgotten Realms universe. And there's lots of political intrigue in Waterdeep. So this game, although it's set in the D and D world, isn't it d and D game, it's more political intrigue based game. You're all trying to you're sending minions on missions, basically, and trying to take control of the sea. It's a pretty cool little game.
0: So that's the kind of game I quite like the idea of, you know, we not it's not about you know, just a generic, most well, generic sort of board combat game. It's about sort of politics and.
1: I prefer scammer. games that are a bit different. I must admit, I don't like
0: stuff that is just. I want to get a copy of um. There's a game I want to get a copy of called a really old game called Diplomacy. All right. And what's different about it is that all players take their turns at the same time. Okay. So you start you your. It's set. I think it's set about 1890 or sort of turn of the century, and you will take part of a different country. And every turn, you have to write down your moves, what you're going to do, but then you can talk to other players. you can form alliances, pledge them. Because you write what you're going to do down and then reveal it all simultaneously, you can really screw somebody over. That's pretty cool. Honestly, I could get a copy of that up. Yeah, it might be worth a game. I'll definitely be down with that. It sounds like it's all game that broke all your friends up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> have we thought of any trading card games at all? Or are we just going to... Pay? brush um, over there
1: yeah maybe because there's the ones that you can get that are good are Summoner Wars and Mage Wars because you get practically everything you need in the box mm-hmm. so you you can get expansions obviously for Summoner Wars but we're not talking Magic the Gathering having to build whole new decks and buy all sorts of different cards maybe on their own mm-hmm. you, pretty much everything is there so that might be worth playing uh, yeah. Magic takes a bit or games like Magic take a little bit more out of your wallet and out of your time, because
0: mm. my sort of um, opinion of like magic. Now, I've never played it, so what I've done is sort of what I know through hearsay. But when you buy cards and stuff. Is it like you buy a pack of cards but you don't actually know what you're going to get or do you actually buy specific cards? Um, you can buy
1: like little boosted decks where you don't know what you're going to get but you do know to the degree because it'll be set... The thing with Magic is it's broken into sections like this which is where the money making comes in because if, you play, if you're a sort of person that goes to a shop and plays it or wants to play again semi-professionally so to speak you have to play with current cards within a current game because the games are divided into different things, so like, like you can you can play games with all the cards if you want, but you might say there's a set called Inner which is all werewolves, vampires, traditional monsters, that kind of thing. And if you were playing an Inner deck, you might want to just play within Inner But then again, you're quite open to take the cards out and put them into other mix them with other decks to make yeah. a full deck. But yeah, it depends what you, how you want to play it.
0: Because I mean, I. I have played the sword of games where... I mean, I've, I'm quite a big Warhammer player. Yeah. I've played sword of games where you pick up... You have to buy units and spend your armies. The thing about Warhammer is... When you buy a unit, you know exactly what you're getting. There's yeah. no... You're not going to have a situation where you buy a booster pack in the case and you end up with well, half see, the cards that you've already got. You don't have to do that. I mean, you can buy... Well, one
1: of the beauties of it is that there's a big online community. And you can buy cards separately. So you can buy if you want a specific cards, you can get that card on its own. But you also get what are called starter decks for each of the um, main games. So, like say for Innistrad or for Ravnica or any of the other games, you can get the starter decks. You know what cards are in there, and there's some quite good cards in some of them. You can just buy them, mix them together, and build a deck if you really wanted to. But unlike Warhammer, whereas with Warhammer you've got a specific build an army is set a certain way isn't it you have to have well you don't have to have everything but you you have to build your army a specific way so it requires certain units to build an army it's a lot more loose than it used to be yeah nowadays but everything that you're buying for your army is within a certain subset like skaven you buy your skaven
0: yeah it's it's, it's, it's a lot more actually it's a lot more open than it used to be alright nowadays you still have point restrictions so each your army is split into four categories. You've got Lord, heroes and lords, core, special and rare. Right. You have to have at least 25% of your points limit has to be on core. So if 2,000 point game, 500 points have to be on core. Up to 20, 50% on special. Right. So you'll have a 1,000 points on special. Up to 25% on rare up to 25% on heroes and lords. Right. So you have got quite a bit, as long as once you've got your minimum core, and you have to at least one character to be a general, yeah. other than that, you've got quite a bit of flexibility. Yeah. Because 25% in point a 1,000 points special is quite a lot. But obviously the flexibility is going to exist within your army, so it'll be like... Oh, uh, you can have allies. Okay. You can have allies' armies if you wish to. And that's actually quite a big thing in the new... 40k edition you can now have quite big allies oh, well, armies that's interesting. and there's special rule sets and they have they are there are some issues like certain armies will not ally with each other yeah clearly. space Marines will not ally with chaos space Marines. under no, no. sense will they ever deem to ally because and tyranids won't ally with anybody because yeah i assume tyranids. space wings cantered some
1: degree ally with orcs because they're all mercenaries aren't yeah,
0: they yeah and they'll ally they'll ally there's like different degrees of ally so They'll ally well with other space marines. So it's like sisters and battle they'll ally yeah. well with, which aren't, although they're not space marines, they'll ally well with them. They get like bonuses they I can, like, they can like. So the sisters can use like their cut, you can like use your skills in their units. Yeah. Someone like the, they can ally with Imperial Guard, but you're restricted to what you can do. Yeah. And some they all ally with, but want to keep it fairly remote as it were. Yeah. So they'll ally with Xenos, but only as a sort of, but only as a Yeah, I suppose alliance. even then there'd be
1: certain, alliances that might be better than others like say maybe with Eldar slightly more than they would say or someone. Let's take
0: Tal as an example. Right. Tal work very well with Space Marines because Space Marines are great at close combat which Tal severely lack. Yeah. Even their best close combat troop is not really much better than the best, I suppose on
1: the basis that Tal are semi-diplomatic as in a comparison they're a shooty army we're talking sort of they, fluff wise they,
0: here they are designed to match they like sort of they don't like close combat they're designed to stand they, their army is very much a case of you you must if you go got army at your tower and gets into close combat you've pretty much had yeah, no, it I, I was trying to come at it for more um, political
1: yeah like so that they'd be more likely to say to work with space means on the fact that there's going to be a mutual understanding tower not be yeah. with other alien races I believe
0: I'm memory I believe the tower at until the levels of alliances actually have a better alliance level than the Imperial Guard, do. yeah, because they do just go. On with yeah, because I've been. I although I don't play Warhammer,
1: I used to play Mortimer as I was saying to you before the podcast. So I don't play Warhammer. I did get very extensively into the lore, and I did read about the tower and the recruiting of humans and that they have human planets and stuff yeah. that are in, integrated into their system, which is pretty cool. They like got a whole yeah yeah no, um, but your magic doesn't isn't like that in the sense that where, you, where you're restricted to your armies and then your allies say, well, magic, you can stick anything in the deck. Your deck yeah. is restricted by your colours. Like, you can have, I would say, you can have as many colours as you like, but I'd say a maximum of three would be good for a deck. You don't want to go above three. Two would be the sweet spot if you've got two colours. And there's five colours. You've got red, green, white, black and blue. And they all represent different things. Blue are obviously, like, you're more they like your your mage colours, so they're they're obviously more political, methodical. They they're, they're going to pull things out of the bag that other colours might not. A, a fine example being red, which is a, a a very um offensive colour. It's all about attacking. I always doing find, I always find it offensive.
0: Red looks. Like... Yeah,
1: well, you see, in that sense, red syncs up with green, which is also about big creatures making big creatures even stronger and attacking. So you stick those two together, you've got beasts and very feral, angry creatures. Yeah, it's all very it all works quite well. It is a good game, it's just the fact that it's clearly a very big money making scheme of a game. So yeah. Whereas you're buying a board game, you're getting everything there and you can play again and yeah. again. You might get expansion passes, yeah, but
0: it's 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 there to go. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. Right, so I think we better wrap up. Okay. Okay, so you can find us on the website at doi.randnerds.com. You can email us at randnerds at gmail.co.uk. You can find us on YouTube at do.youtube.com slash randnerds. You can follow us on Twitter at with randnerds. You can follow us on Google on Google Plus at randnerd and at Facebook at randnerds. If you've not liked, lost all track of that, it's all on the website. So that's the easiest place to find us. I've been Nicholas Jackson. I'm Luke Roberts. I've sort of been Adam Thorne, I don't know, but yeah.
2: this one as best Portuguese. I can. <laughs> We're trying yeah. with this new positive... Positive
0: podcasting.
2: <laughs> and failing.
0: Uh, no, I mean,
2: succeeding greatly.
0: Succeeding. In positive, positive podcasting. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Cheers, guys. See you.